Wake up, gamers, because you're listening to the Big Think Dimension with Dan and Bob Video Games. Bob, I have always had this mustache. Sure, I believe you. Chris Wolfhart. Vote for me for House Speaker. And Dr. Agro. Yo, fuck that guy. Vote for me for House Speaker. Here on Gigaboots. How many speakers does a house need? 5.1. Oh. What's point one of a speaker? You know, I think it's a subwoofer. Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, hello everyone. Welcome to the first big thing dimension of 2023. I hope you're all excited to be here, because I know I am. Billy Hatcher. No! <laughs> yes. I that, mean... That happened. Please enlighten me. Billy Hatcher is a game where Yuji Naka made the game, and the director of the game... Yuji Naka's the producer. He does that a lot. Uh, uh, the director of the game is the director of Sonic 06. So recently... Uh, after Yuchinaka was indicted, uh, <laughs> the same day that was announced, the director was like, I really would like to make that game again now that it's clear I won't have to work with him. <laughs> like, that's, that's the vibes oh, I got. Oh, fuck, that's a victory lap. <laughs> uh, that, that, that felt pretty good. I was like, sure, I want to see that. Somebody, somebody let that man make a Billy Hatcher without Yuchinaka. That sounds delightful. Hopefully Sega eventually goes, yeah, we'll make that mistake. Why not? <laughs> Let's talk about it. Uh, we, what's up? What's Unreal, up? Unreal 4 remake of Billy Hatcher coming soon. Oh, no. That would actually be pretty oh, sick. Okay, okay, straight up, right off the top. Because this, I've heard about Billy Hatcher forever. And mm -hmm. in such a consistently odd tone that I've never been able to parse whether or not it's like a cult classic or a really bad game a lot of people remember fondly. Uh, I believe the best way to phrase exactly what Billy Hatcher is, is you know how some kids get one console? You I know? do. <laughs> yeah, so um, imagine yours was a GameCube. And in this world, in this worldview, Billy Hatcher's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only it's, 3D platform to release after Mario Sunshine. Sunshine. Yeah. It's really funny because um, we've oh noted we've noted before Sonic Team's tendency to just take a thing from Mario. You know, Lost World is very that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for fuck's sake, they take from Nintendo in general because Frontiers is Breath of the Wild. <laughs> but I did not expect Billy Hatcher would take from Mario Sunshine and go clean up the egg juice on the ground by rolling an egg on it. <laughs> I'm like, what? What do, you, what do you mean? I'm cleaning up this evil shadow energy with an egg. <laughs> That doesn't make fucking sense. <laughs> they literally stole multiple mechanical notions from Sunshine uh, and put it into this game about rolling around an egg. I mean, I, you know, clearing out bad vibes with an egg is a is a tried and true centuries old folk <laughs> magic remedy. Oh, okay, I thought I was gonna say are you just gonna be like, well, I, you know, in my family we do that all the time. We feel sad. We just pull out a raw egg and suck one down. <laughs> I, I just assume I just assume anything that was about to come out of Agro's mouth was a lie right there. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
somebody did bring up recently uh, the Kingdom Hearts 3 stream where he's like, well, you know, exactly he was thinking of. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I, I need to ducks. take this kind of abuse from a bunch of guys who were friends with some guy with a Ted Lasso mustache. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm now going to hang out off screen. <laughs> Uh, Ted Lasso is a is wait wait Billy Hatcher <laughs> other guy other guy Billy Hatcher is a video you know what I don't I don't need to take this shit without explaining it okay growing a mustache this thick for the channel and gaslighting your fan base into believing you've always had this but I never punched in on the camera enough for you to notice funny going to somewhere you used to be employed to have to see former coworkers looking like this not funny not funny at all actually. I'm just like, so yeah, this is what happened to me after I quit. Don't quit. You'll grow a Ted Lasso mustache. The, the whole time, uh, like, I, the, the, now I'm just thinking of someone porting that terrible FIFA Ted Lasso model into Billy Hatcher. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure that somewhere in that show, he says, good morning. You can just use that he voice does, clip. He does, yes. In fact, you could edit the audio slightly to make it Goog Morning, like they accidentally say in Billy Hatcher. Mm. I mean, honestly, between between the stash and the jacket, you look like an E1 from the 90s in the Air Force. That's kind of the vibe yeah, I was you, going for, yeah. Dan, Dan looks a lot like Goose in Top Gun. Yes, that's, that is the exact vibe I was going for. I would say what the bit was originally going to be, but I don't want to spoil it for the future where I inevitably actually do the bit uh -huh. on a stream. I'm just waiting for you to buy the aviators. Of course, you have to wait for you have to wait for Ace Combat Month for that. That was also a part of the bit that I canceled at the last minute <laughs> that I will probably do in the future. So anyway, Billy Hatcher. It is a video game in this video game. They made seven levels. It, it is yeah, only like it's, seven, right? It's because six it's or seven. Six, it's six in the main world, and then the, the oh yeah, there is that extra last one. So, yeah, so yes, just like the, sunshine. And they make you do a bunch of different routes of the level with different submissions. It's kind of like if um, Sonic Adventure Two was a little unhinged, because you know how Sonic Adventure Two has the extra emblems you can go back for, where it's like get a hundred rings, do find this secret item. But that's now like mandatory a part of the main playthrough because of how much currency they require for you to beat the game. Yeah, which has one of the craziest one ones of those it, gates it I've ever seen. I, my mouth fell open. <laughs> uh, let, let me let me explain to Agro. Okay, Agro. So as I've tried to describe so far, this game has like six or so levels, and there are missions in those levels you have to beat two of the missions to go on to the next level because you're freeing the elder who has been turned into a golden egg by what, evil crows what was he before a chicken ah so we have an answer yes <laughs> so you get to the sixth world and the beginning of the third mission of the sixth world is like hey open the rainbow bridge or whatever they <laughs> called it to get to this bad place where the bad guys are doing the bad thing. Bob plays through that mission, which is not the hardest mission of the game, but it is a hard mission for sure. Yes, it definitely has a lot of things that they should not have in it. There aren't <laughs> as many uh, insane, long, blind jumps like there were <laughs> in the, the one mission I did, um, but it just requires a lot from you. And you get all the way to the end of that, and this little chicken at the door, at the front of the door is just like, 
I don't know. I'm not sure that you're courageous enough. Maybe if you had 20 or 25 courage emblems, then I would say you're courageous enough to take this on. But the prophecy asked for someone with real courage, so I don't, I don't think you're ready. And then the mission doesn't end. You have to kill yourself. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it is the worst progress gate I've seen in any platformer ever that is criminal <laughs> it, was, it was really funny because uh calamity carl actually the calamity carl on uh, twitch.tv slash the calamity carl actually gave me a heads up on this but did not explain that yeah that's just gonna happen at the end of one of these levels <laughs> yeah like, so when we get there i go no <laughs> Yeah, I'm just stunned. Like, well, there's got to be something I do to at least make this level end, so I can go back to the. So I start doing things to the stage. It's like, yeah, no, there's nothing. There's nothing left to do. Yeah. You're just wasting your time. That is, that is criminal. <laughs> that, that wasn't a bad decision, bro. You made your game wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, Billy Hatcher. It's, this is a game. I, I don't really have a lot to say about it mechanically, other than I wish it controlled better. I think the number one problem with it is engaging with its controls. Yeah, it feels terrible. It's like if somebody made Katamari wrong in a weird way. Like, there's no joy of movement. No, the whole idea is pushing your egg around, but if you hit the slightly wrong direction while pushing your egg, Billy lets go of the egg and dies. Well, also, if you don't hit a direction at all. Yes, that say, too. Say you're was... moving too fast, but you don't want to try to pull back or anything because then that would slow down too fast. If you let go of pushing the stick in a direction, Billy will just let go and watch as the egg <laughs> rolls away. Which, if it's a gold egg, has an elder in it, and they will now die. Yeah, they will die in one hit. <laughs> Billy will now watch as they die in one hit. Also, if you try and make a jump with your egg, and your egg lands on the ledge, the egg sits on the ledge, not you. Yeah, so and if that's you do, most of the jumps in this game. <laughs> they they intentionally set up a lot of jumps where you're going up a ramp like thing. Tell me if you've heard this before. So there's like a a quarter pipe almost, and you go up it to land on a higher thing. Uh, the egg will land on it, and you won't, and you'll just drop back down. Now you have no egg, which means you have no mobility functions. You can't run anymore. Yeah, you can't even run without the egg. Billy you, you need to be pushing a heavy thing to go faster? Yes! yes. Which, weirdly enough, comes up multiple times where it's just like, I wish I could catch up to that, but I don't have an egg. I wish I could catch up to this egg, but I don't have an egg. Uh, How was there not a Banjo Kazooie crossover with this series? <laughs> uh, probably I was because in the ground by then. Yeah, I was like Nintendo was eating that shit over to Microsoft at this exact point in time. Uh, yeah, Billy Hatcher's a game. Anyways, I may have uh, privately insinuated that I will be racing a certain calamity carl at that game before the heat death of the universe so why would you ever do that because, because so it's, it's to be a race funny. war then yes <laughs> that's what i dm'd at carl least, at, least, at least you're getting plenty of uh practice for the inevitable glover stream <laughs> the fact the fact carl's in here is just like uh, no glover's like this but way way worse <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm just like i don't remember it i don't believe that <laughs> i don't believe that either there's only one way to find out, but <laughs> I can conceive that Glover feels shittier. It I is an N64 game. <laughs> I think it's also on PlayStation. I because because oh, one of those because one of those dog shit companies is like we're putting it through Bleem on Steam. Yeah, that's right. Uh -huh. 
but I but I cannot conceive of it being more insane in structure and like you, you didn't land perfectly on the rail you go through also like Glover is structurally speaking a collectathon you know I'm pretty sure it's not boot a level and then do different missions within that level but I haven't played Glover in 24 years <laughs> Maybe, maybe, tw maybe 23. Let's go with 23. I haven't played Glover in 23 years, so who knows? Who knows? Really? Not me. I thought you guys did a Glover thing. Oh my God. Wait. I, I don't think I've seen Glover. Maybe you just kept putting Glover in the big thing. <laughs> yeah, I think you did do that. I think, you put it, I think you put it in a big thing thumbnail. I mean, I, put, I don't think I I've put, ever played Glover. I put Glover in a big thing thumbnail, but uh, Agra, what you might be thinking of is one of our various New Year streams, somebody might have booted Glover. <laughs> Because, you know, I keep the flashcard around with everything on it at some point. Anyway. Yeah, I don't, th I don't think I've played it, though. I don't think I've played that shit since... <laughs> I own it. I inherited a copy of that. Jeez. One of those things... One of my cousins just went, I don't give a fuck about video games, and it ended up at my doorstep. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. I fucking. I wonder why you don't like video games anymore. Was you look at his copy of Glover? <laughs> now, I'm not trying to connect dots here, but I will say both Banjo Kazooie and that copy of Glover came from my cousin. <laughs> I will say that is just. The N64 collectathons gaslit them into believing they didn't like video games at all. <laughs> Uh, hey, Bob, did you want to say anything else about Billy Hatcher? Because frankly, I don't really. I don't hate it nearly as much as you. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, feel it, like I think that the, the art is neat and I like some of the character designs, but it is such a bad game. <laughs> <laughs> it's astounding how bad a platformer you can make when you just have the name Sonic Team. <laughs> <laughs> It just unlocks that extra level. Right? Yes, it's just another thing in that notch in that belt of you made Sonic it, Adventure 2. What happened? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is very bizarre how like so many. I have to assume it's just like Yuji Naka's evil specter over any of these games. <laughs> he's even remotely involved in because they're all so similar. Like he didn't even. He didn't even directly contribute to Blinks, and yet it carries his dark power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Bob spent a good bit of that stream just being like, and, and Yuji didn't work on Blinks. <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't. It's just early Sega brain rot is <sighs> deep. Man. <laughs> Blinks for the first, like, up until three fists. Yeah, the first three fists of that game are way not, better. Not playtime hours wise, because we ended up with the last boss rush for a long ass time. But you were saying the first yeah, three yeah, fists. Yeah, the first three fists of that game are way better than Billy Hatcher. Which I, is crazy. I agree. I really, really enjoyed my time with Blinks. I will say Blinks is a better game than Billy Hatcher, which Billy Hatcher fans are not ready to hear, and that's fine. That's fine. Everyone's gotta have their own, you know, actually bad video game that they insist is great. Yeah, I like that Carl even was like, oh, this game sucks, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is, I respect that. I always oh, yeah. do. Like, yeah. if you can just admit the game has problems that you love, that that's fine. Yeah, it, Absolutely. It's like, the, there's some games that were like, I'm like, no, this game is terrible, but it has some dark power over me. Like, right? Quest 64. <laughs> <laughs> That dark power, that absolute... Stockholm. <laughs> I, 
I didn't I, even own that game. You did it. I rent, no, I only rented it once. And now every once in a while, look, when I see somebody else play it, I'm like, I, sh I should go play through all of Quest 64. Don't don't <laughs> take this in a derogatory way, but I frankly think if, it, it, hey, Dan, one person you're friends with owns Quest 64, who is it? I actually would say it was probably Chris. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I am to JRPGs as Bob is to action games, so I understand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I feel like you got a small taste of that dark power during the, uh, I forget if it was a retro letter, if you just went crazy where you're like, uh, seventh saga on the SNES. We're going to stream that. I feel like you were falling to that same dark power I'm talking about. Yeah, I, um, I, I mentioned this before and it really isn't like a gatekeeping thing. This is just how the experience has been for me. Um, my family has been, and I mean like my grandfather, my brother, my family, mm -hmm. has been into RPGs since like Final Fantasy 1. So it's always been the weirdest shit when I meet other people my age. They're like, my first one was seven. And I'm like, there were like three before that or four before that. You should have tried. What happened? <laughs> uh, sometimes you're a Genesis kid and it sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I miss that. better show up in the quotes channel. <laughs> I need I that shit in the quotes channel bad. <laughs> I had a pretty good first RPG because mine was Earthbound. Yes. And it was totally by accident because I we went, I think it was in I think it was a fucking circuit city. <laughs> we went into a circuit city, I was like nine or maybe even eight. It's like, okay, 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 baby, Chris, you can get a game with your Christmas money. You only have like $30, <laughs> which is basically nothing back in for Super Nintendo prices, because sometimes games would just be $80 for no reason. Yes. Yeah. Uh, something that the, the dumbest people in the world bring up regularly when you say $70 is maybe too high for a game. Economics but, uh, are hard. But the big, the big Earthbound package with the, with the strategy guide was, was, was $15. Oh wow. wow. I guess that yeah. shit was getting clearance. Hot <laughs> damn, I'm jealous. So I got that, uh, and then um I loaned the game to someone and they moved away with it. I will find you and kill you one day. If you're if you're hearing this, no. <laughs> know that know that wherever every second you're not moving, I'm getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's like me and the person who stole Mega Man X2 and X3. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you're safe and reaching through screen um yeah it's it's always been weird because like i have a ton of like early life experience with the weirdest fucking rpgs because of this yeah i didn't have, had not heard of lufia until you what started about, talking about what about oh that's the that's the mainstream shit compared to paladin's quest yeah the seventh saga <sighs> That shit's normal. You find me 10 people who've played Beyond the Beyond. <laughs> yeah, I, uh... I'm surprised I rented that. <laughs> well, you didn't have a PS1 early. We had a PS1 early, so my brother just kind of, like, got, got the RPGs. Mm -hmm. That was his system. It was a system that worked. I mean, it was a great system because I got to try Saga. Um, you know, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was another one that not a lot of people played that I got to play in my childhood. But, uh, you know, y you end up like being like, oh, Valkyrie Profile is really great. They should make another one of these. And then they make one like 2006 on the PS2 <laughs> or something. And you're like, okay, I would have liked it anytime sooner. <laughs> right. Also, this game's 3D and that's weird. And I have a lot of feelings. Um, 
Contrary to what someone in chat is saying right now, Paladin's Quest number one strength is is, is very cool visually. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's possibly its only good point. <laughs> it has a really, it, it kind of looks like, um, imagine if you need to make sci-fi plus magic in a 60s sci-fi movie aesthetic, right? Okay. Tall spires with orbs on them. Really weird stuff. I don't know. There's a lot of cool stuff in those obscure SNES RPGs with where the aesthetics get crazy, like Seven Saga and Paladin's Quest. I think that's real cool. I think that's neat. The problem with Paladin's Quest is playing Paladin's <laughs> Quest. <laughs> and the problem with the Seven Saga is playing the US version of Seven Saga where they broke the balance over their knees like Bane did Batman. Yeah, that was really disheartening because when we did that stream, it was like, man, this game's really cool. It has great art. What do you mean we had to grind for literal hours to beat the first dungeon? <laughs> it was really good because, we, like, I was so excited. Bob was getting into this RPG I, I enjoyed a lot as a kid. And, like, it's such a cool thing to engage with. And then Bob's like, man, this U.S. bounce sure is crazy. And then and then later, like, within a month or two of that stream, or I don't know, it was probably more than that, I find a streamer called Hungry Goria. She runs a great YouTube channel where she reviews games that she plays through on her streams. And uh, her her review of the Seven Saga, the U.S. balanced version, is like Bane's speech, where she's just like, "I was born in this cave. This is normal to me, actually." <laughs> and I'm just like Jesus. It was. It, I I love that review. <laughs> anyway, we got really off topic. Billy Hatcher's a game. I'm done talking about Billy Hatcher. You're done talking about Billy Hatcher. Yes, we're moving on. I played a bunch of games in prep for Game of the Year. I'm not going to spend too long on any of them for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. We also did that stream of a bunch of games from our childhoods that kind of sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Th that's right. We didn't do a big think one of these weeks. Yeah. Oh, my God. We don't need to talk about it, though. I just think it's funny to be like, uh, yeah, I booted up a bunch of single the Genesis that I hated, but I loved it. <laughs> and then I booted the single worst SNES game I own, that weird pirate game that was based on a financial bombing <sighs> movie, which oh. I can never remember the name of. I still can't. To this day, it's the most generic fucking pirate name ever. So I'm like, was oh, that also the stream where you played Super Punch Out and I had to watch and go, ha ha, Dan is struggling with Super Punch Out. Unlike me, a super chat who could beat that game easily. Uh, Cutthroat <laughs> Island. Thank you, chat. Um, yes, that was the stream where I'm like, maybe today's the day I beat Super Punch Out. And then I made it to like the final boss or second final boss and went, nope. <laughs> as i tried like three oh, or four oh, times also you didn't there's an entire uh, last circuit oh my god yeah chris is in chat is just like do you want me to tell you how to do this and i'm like <laughs> no that's not too strange <laughs> yeah aaron ryan does have a really funny weakness on the super nintendo oh yeah yeah um you hit him with the super punch and then he does that bear hug mm-hmm if you throw the super punch again while his hands are going up and down before he grabs you, it just hits him again and knocks him out of it, and you can loop him like that forever. What the fuck? That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, that, that was actually a really great stream, and um, Agro, I think... You know, Bob Bob got to experience this great this great stream where he just showed a bunch of games that he grew up with that were 
you know, bad and on the Genesis. So I thought maybe you could come on sometime and, <laughs> you know, cop to some games that you talk about. <laughs> the Genesis being bad or not real, actually. Uh, I, I think you're you're making an assumption that there are bad Genesis games, and that's not a supposition I'm willing to support as the basis for this discussion, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have an SNES. <laughs> I didn't either, Agro, not till like after the PS1 came out. It was dire. I played the NES mostly. I realized that the next day of like, no, I just went back to the NES because yeah. the Genesis was pretty rough. And I tried to make Bob feel better. I was like, even as somebody owned a Super Nintendo, like even I played a lot of NES even during the, the SNES era, you know, because <laughs> the NES has some great feeling games. It wasn't until much later in life I would realize the number one problem with the SNES was input. <laughs> I can't even say. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, that's 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 it. Agro needs to just maybe cut. Genesis. <laughs> We're gonna move on though. We're sure. Move on. I played Elikhead. Elikhead is a video game. It is on Steam. It is on Switch. It was two dollars cheaper on Steam, so I played it on Steam. Uh, Elikhead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Can I get through this Chris before Wolfhard, one of us ladies and gentlemen?" <laughs> <laughs> Let me get some applause in there for him. Then there we go. Uh, perfect. Uh... Okay. Um, Elikhead. It is a video game where you are a tiny little robot that powers any connector you're standing up. Hey, Bob. What's? <laughs> it's a game where you are an Elikhead. <laughs> <laughs> you can only have writing that bad if you say it in the truxton voice <laughs> oh man um it's a 2d platformer really simplistic nice cute visuals it's a uh, uh, two color uh aesthetic like a game boy basically um any platform you touch your robot will power which means you need to platform carefully as to not activate a gun aimed at your face or a spike pit that shoots upward or a platform that will move you into the ceiling. Uh, there's also various puzzles based around this, and uh, the head part of this game comes in when you can tear your own head off and throw <laughs> it to power things, and you're still the body part and run around separately. This game's pretty good. Um... It's mostly frustrating when the last ability is locked behind some absolutely are you fucking kidding me tier bullshit. Like imagine imagine the last ability in Symphony of the Night. Well, like imagine the abilities in Symphony of the Night were super critical uh -huh. and the last one was locked behind that shit you do to get a an, uh, an imaginary elevator to take you downward to get the jewel knuckle. <laughs> That's how bad the last ability is to get an Alakad. Uh, that game's really cute. I enjoyed it. It's nice, very puzzle-oriented platformer. Uh, literally no combat in the whole game. Very enjoyable. Pretty, pretty recommendable. I'm gonna move on. Bob, did you play any of Spark the Electric Jester 3? I played a little bit. I played, I, I booted it up, and then I went back and played more Kamiwaza. <laughs> Okay, so but I played the first like three levels or so and beat two bosses, I think. Spark the Electric Jester 3, I believe Chris played it earlier. Well, last year, is that correct, Chris? I think Chris had to step away for a second. Okay. Um, 
Spark the Electric Jester 3, for people who don't know, is a 3D Sonic-style game that is made by fans of Sonic. Um, it has more combat-oriented stuff. There's a parry. <laughs> uh, and there are abilities and different movesets, even. You can buy a pretty cool uh, scythe-based mode Ooh. where you do cool scythe combos and look different. It is a really cool game. I enjoyed it immensely. I really like the energy and earnesty that goes into a project like that and i think it pulled it off really well i paid 12 dollars and 50 cents for it and i think that was a fantastic price to play for pay for that game after you beat the game you get access to um the levels from spark 2 in that engine so uh you get you get a whole other game of content basically yeah that's crazy that's awesome that's really cool and really great. Apparently, that was just a free update eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I saw the, the, the update notices and like, oh, November, it's released all this. <laughs> yeah, that's cool <laughs> we, as hell. We need more games to do that. Like uh, uh, Rayman Legends did that, where it's like we have 60% of the levels from Rayman Origins just in here. Yeah. As unlockables. Yeah, that's cool and as like hell. You're, and I'm like, Legends feels better, so good. Um, Ubisoft, why doesn't that game run at 4K? <laughs> why why are you so bad at this although i know why you're so bad at this i'll talk about that during news i'm Very so excited um yeah spark's awesome i enjoyed my whole way through that i need to play spark 2 now but spark 3 was really really enjoyable i can very easily recommend that sonic fan game now now if you notice in that sentence the emphasis was on that <laughs> Sonic fan game. This will be relevant. <laughs> Keep that in mind for later. Keep that in mind for later. Put but yeah, that in your bag, chat. Only playing a few levels. I was like, oh man, I can crouch on the rails and move faster. These yeah, levels are long and if large. You're, and... If you're going down and you crouch, you gain speed. Yeah. There's just all these little mechanic things like, man, Sonic, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it really was really cool. I did not realize I was going to enjoy the game this much. But I, I had a great time. I I really want to play Spark 2 because, as I understand, plot-wise, combat mechanics-wise, very different game. Okay. Very different. So I'm really looking forward to that. I, pl I beat Freedom Planet 2. <laughs> I wonder uh, why. Would you recommend you, that Sonic fan did you, game? Did you get the real ending? I got an ending. I didn't look up the true ending or anything like that. And uh, frankly, well, let me put it this way. Bob was like, hey, did you play any more Freedom Planet 2 after you beat the game? And I'm like, no. And that was never on the table. <laughs> I don't. I enjoy I, you, don't ha you don't have to do it twice to get the true ending. You just have to have done all the. Uh arena things and gotten all those prizes mm. oh I, I i guess i did that before i w stopped playing it last time so i probably got the true ending just by an accident oh if the final boss was something you had kind of already fought before that was not the true ending if it was a character you had already fought before that was not the oh, true okay ending. then i did not get the true ending um, it's funny because in a lot of ways, Sparks of the Electric Jester 3 and Freedom Planet 2 are very similar. They take a Sonic game 
and add a lot of combat emphasis to it mm-hmm. and their own sense of style that is moderately different than the original. Um, but I just did not enjoy Freedom Planet 2's combat and how that would interweave with its fast gameplay. In Spark, it feels like they have very distinct water and oil type separation of moments that are combat and moments that are go fast. Mm. And it never feels like in Freedom Planet where you're going up a ramp and you're doing a cool fast and then 12 things jump you really fast. (laughs) Yeah, Freedom Planet does, like, it is it almost doesn't feel like it's trying to be a Sonic game anymore at that point. Like, yeah. a lot less so than the first game. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. A lot of it feels like they gave you the parry, and that's their excuse for doing things that are just complete nonsense to you. Well, like, yeah. yeah if, you, if you knew, you just hit the parry button. It's like, well, there's a screen notification that's <laughs> exclamation mark this big to be like, hey, mm-hmm. some screen-wide thing's gonna happen. Yep. You'll figure it out eventually. And, Mash parry. And like, yeah, it, it also feels like it honestly has. They it feels like they want you to learn the combat system way more than is sensible. Mm-hmm. Like, not that that game is very difficult, but it, it does feel weird where how people in my chat were like, no, you got to use the dive kick because it has these properties. And I'm like, that feels like too much. Yeah. Like when I, you look at a game like Streets of Rage three or four, and it doesn't require that level of knowledge, and it's a beat 'em up. It, I do like just how much shit is in Freedom Planet too. Hmm. Like, it feels like they don't recycle anything. It has like forty five bosses. It's kind of insane. Yeah, it has a lot of stuff. I I feel like the levels themselves are a little bit less memorable than the first one, and that may be because it doesn't have a completely linear flow to the story. You know, it is like you hit these mission hub points and then you get to choose the levels to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit less of a flow to it, but it has an unbelievable amount of stuff in it. I, I mean, Dan, I only remember, really remember one part of Freedom Planet 1, and that was the fucking final boss with his instant kill knife. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to fly across the screen and if you're in the way, you're dead. And it's even funnier because in Freedom Planet 1, your death animation is you exploding into feathers. So I just remember him being like... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like a canary on the windshield. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Uh, I don't know. Don't you remember the torture scene? It's a pretty memorable part of Freedom Planet 1. It is pretty memorable. They tear off her tendrils. It's messed up. Anyway. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like in a lot of the ways Spark succeeds, Freedom Planet doesn't really land for me. Um, this is a shame because as people know from my early coverage of one, I was very optimistic on Freedom Planet 1. Mm-hmm. And then it was off in a number of ways. The most notable, the writing. <laughs> and then Freedom Planet 2 quadruples down on that as it builds entire towns. Yeah, I did not. I was surprised by how many hub cities there were. There are a lot. There are a lot, and there's a lot of writing, and there's a lot of characters you can talk to, and I would argue most of it's not good. Did they, did they ever solve the energy? Maybe, Chris, you, you got the true ending. You can tell me. Did they ever solve the energy crisis from Freedom Planet 1? You know, the core plot of Freedom Planet 1 buried under seven other threads. <laughs> did that happen? Well, wasn't the that because the 
the villain stole the fucking plot stone, I think they get that back at the end of that game. Or did they destroy it? I don't remember. I don't really think it matters. <laughs> this is Look, important they, to me. If they, if, if they forgot it too, I'm not going to sweat too much about it. <laughs> it's okay. They can forget whatever they want and then go patch the old game to remove the cutscene that had it. <laughs> they, they, ha they had a new thing to focus on this time, which was being Ruby. <sighs> That just fucking walk away. Ruby has to be the most dire, <laughs> like, <laughs> media ever made. <laughs> I, I barely watched it, but when I was streaming that game, every time we got a cutscene about the conflict of Freedom Planet 2, somebody mm. was like, this is exactly like Ruby. Hmm. I am skeptical that somebody was able to parse what Ruby writers think the main conflict in their show was. No, no, well no, 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 it was, it it was the, the main conflict in Freedom Planet 2 is one narrow element of Ruby focused on. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about Freedom Planet 2. Um... I also played Neon White and beat 30 levels in that. Okay. Which I believe they're called missions. I'm not sure what the individual parts of each mission are called. But yeah, I uh, got the top score on my Steam friends list for the first 30 uh, I guess I'll have levels. to go change that soon. You have to friend me first. See, what I realized through Bob playing oh, Neon White is that he's friends with you because of the Skullgirls tournament we did forever oh, ago. Yeah, that's but I'm why. not actually friends with you. So I made sure to do this for 30 levels, then tweet about it, then talk about it on Big Thing, and then friend you and never talk about it again. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll just both buy it on PS5, and then that's when the death battle will begin. Yeah, I, I, I can't tell you how much me getting first place and knowing there would be at least three to five notifications sent out every time I did it. Every time for every level. I was like, oh my god. That is easily worth the price of entry again. <laughs> that feature on PS5 is fucking awesome. You bet your ass I want someone to be knee deep into a cutscene of God of War Ragnarok and just see boop! <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Uh. Fucking insane. That game is really good. Uh, for people who don't know, it's like if Mirror's Edge got the point of Mirror's Edge and leaned into that way heavier instead of becoming the exact opposite of what it needed to be. Uh -huh. Is is there God. any bigger, like, Mirror's Edge Catalyst might be one of the most just like, what did you do and why? <laughs> like, it, it's a weird reboot, even though the first game ends on a cliffhanger. It wasn't that long after the first game, so it being a reboot just seems insane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was still within like five years or something. Then it's a weird open world thing, and then they even fuck up the time trials by ha in the open world by having so many of them rely on you getting this upgrade you don't get till later to do them effectively. God, I hate that. That's like my number one pet peeve. Man, uh, I was trying to think of any, and I was like, Titanfall 1. But that's more understandable because they didn't have money to make the rest of the game. <laughs> and Microsoft was only going to help fund it if they had it in ready in time for the Xbox One's launch. Of course. Hey, at least they were helping game ship. Yeah, that's way better than they're doing there, now. There were exclusives back then. 
um that were worth shit um neon white's really good for people who don't know first person perspective speedrun platformer where uh it's very complicated to explain as i realized when i tried to explain what the game was to tosh mm. but uh your abilities like you would expect in a platformer are entirely dictated by what demons you kill and what power-ups you pick up because they're all consumables so every level has a very direct idea of how you're supposed to do it because you get the powers to do the dash at this moment to get to the place at here to do that so you're really just executing on this best version as far as you can innovate aside from that um you need to kill every demon in a level and hit the gem at the end. Then you're done. In between these awesome speed time trial missions is awesome visual novel stuff that I really enjoy. Tons and tons of talking. Tons of giving presents to your friend who is a boy. Possibly even. But uh, just, just enjoy a six pack with your bro. Yeah. As he eats food from a trash can. <laughs> yes. Talks about it. It's fine. It's great, actually. All right. Spicy food gives you diarrhea <laughs> as you run off to the bathroom. Uh, really delightful game. Super enjoyed that. Still enjoying that. Uh, and now for the last game of what I've played. God of War Ragnarok is a video game. God damn, does it have a lot of everything. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, it's <laughs> dense. It's fucking you. Yep. You play God of War 2018, and I think one of the fairest criticisms of the game ever is like, it didn't have a lot of enemy types, and it was kind of limited in what it was doing. Mm -hmm. And Ragnarok feels like, fine, we'll do five times as much shit. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. They put so much into each and every moment. It is unreal. This isn't, like, I, there was a moment in playing this game, and I'm like, games don't, this isn't what games do. What are you doing? You're acting like a, a, completely linear action game experience with like uncharted money put into moment after moment but then you're also this giant open world and these open world missions often end in highly scripted cutscenes like that mm -hmm. and have tons of world building and tons of dialogue and it's crazy it's crazy this game has this much it's absolutely nuts those those little open world segments are just so good for pointing out yeah it turns out open world wasn't the problem <laughs> shitty mission design was oops <laughs> they flesh out every character so much more too it's it's incredible they really took every character from 2018 and just added more and more layers to them as a complex character in this story mm -hmm. <laughs> like damn and then also every additional character that is introduced Firstly, in this one is so good. The the performances are great. Everything about them is great. Uh, for the record, I am 16 hours in. <laughs> like 15 and a half, so. I am enjoying the hell out of that. Good goddamn. Motherfucking Sony really be over here making games that it seems like literally no one else can. <laughs> Yeah, and as I sit here, and, and I, I, I read a couple of people just being super cynical, like, Sony wants to make hyper-realistic sad dad games. I'm like, motherfucker, only one person in the game industry has made a, a sea horse, a mermaid horse, and it's fucking Sony Santa Monica. Like, 
Look at this thing. We have a soul scripted sequence of it diving underwater. It grows its algae out of the horse's fucking I just it was insane. And I was just like, this fucking rules. It's so weird to like hear all the weird stereotypes people have for Sony games. And then mm-hmm. play God of War Ragnarok, which is like the most video game ass video game imaginable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or it's like your Tekken juggling lizard men <laughs> with your axe and blades and summoning ghost dogs to kill them. And like and and since you have a mirror from the start, like every story is some that is some really goofy thing. Yes. Uh, also, Ratatosker is like amazing. The squirrel thing. Oh, yes. That thing. I, that thing started crawling all over Krotos and I was like, oh, my God. Is that is that Pro ZD just doing an impersonation of Q? <laughs> <laughs> that was a moment. Yeah. Oh, God. I... <laughs> it is great. <laughs> and I, I, I started losing it. I was like, there's no way he's just impersonating Q right now. <laughs> uh, delightful, absolutely unreal that we get a video game with a with a with a squirrel that looks this crazy. I love this. This is so much better than 2018 in this in this sense mm-hmm. that you get these awesome, amazing creatures. Like 2018's like, yo, the fucking the world snake. Or whatever. Yeah, it's the world's like, super impressive. But oh there's yeah, not much it's really else. impressive. But then you, you know, this game instead of being like, "Ooh, dark elves and world snake," it's just like, check out this fucking two foot tall squirrel person that is too <laughs> eloquent and he's just crawling all over Kratos. And I'm like, I fucking love this. Can you do more, more of this? Thank you. I need Sony to do more of this. I hope whatever that fucking thing London Studio is making is sh- shit like this is showing up. Like we get cool fake creatures. Yeah, that that was the exciting part of that that Studio London thing. It was like, yeah, it's modern day, but it's like with the fantasy creatures. Yeah, and it was like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping because this this was the coolest. Yes, this was the coolest thing I think I've seen. Like I love Spider Man, the the Mar- Marvel's Spider Man. <laughs> What other Spider-Man is there? I love Denny's Fridgetastic Slam. <laughs> but uh, I'm not going to get mythical creatures there. I'm not going to get to see, you know, seafaring horses <laughs> in Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, this was fantastic. Still making my way through that, of course. Because as I said, I'm 16 hours in, which means I barely played the game. <laughs> Hey, Bob. Hey. I hear you barely played some games, too. Yeah. At least I hope so. How much time did you spend playing Kamiwasa? I spent too much time playing Kamiwasa. <laughs> I was basically all I did yesterday. Let's introduce chat the, the concept of Kamiwaza for, for a reason. It's Kamiwaza, Way of the Thief. This is a game made by a choir back in the days of Way of the Samurai and... And uh, Shinobi, Shinobi Do. Yeah. But it never came to the state before. Yeah. So now they have done a just blatant PS2 port to PS4. Blatantly. I thought they were going to be remaking it from the ground up. No. I didn't think it was a port. Yeah, this is absolutely a port with a PS4 logo on it. Let me punch it on that one second. I actually haven't, I haven't seen it. 
Yeah, I'm looking at screenshots, and this is a fucking PS2 game. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I'm going to put a screenshot, and you can just zoom in on this yeah. motherfucker's fingers and see that this is a PS2 game. Yeah, there's... Let me get over there and get that picture real quick. Should have put him in the thumbnail. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I should have put him in the thumbnail. Yeah, he makes really good faces, too. Like, surprisingly. Because mm -hmm. he is a PS2 character. <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. Um... <laughs> I am baffled as to why uh -huh. they have not done this to Shinobi Do. That still has not seen a US release. Yeah, that's fucking weird because Shinobi Do 2 did on the Vita. Right. Yeah, that's a PS2 game, my man. Yeah. How much did you pay for that PS2 game? <laughs> it is $40 retail. I got it on sale. I think it was 25 or so from Gamefly. Uh, thank okay, you we, to whoever was, tweeted that at me. Yeah, I think that was Comet Evan. <laughs> I think it was. The Comet Evan's the one who's uh, aware that we sadly care about Kamuaza. <laughs> uh, so this is very much made in the spirit of like Way of the Samurai. So you are a thief in like feudal Japan mm -hmm. just trying to get by and you're like a noble thief so you do not kill people. Yeah, w one second. Didn't they call this like Kamiwaza Way of the Thief or something? Yes, that's so the full title. Anyway, continue. Yeah, they should have gave it in a good name. Yeah. That would have helped. Yeah. Same but with Shinobido. Shinobido shouldn't have come over here called Shinobido. Probably not. Probably not. But what are you going to do? Um, but it's, it's, it has that ps2 era acquire feel that just you don't get it anymore like the story and setting is super serious like you play as this thief who is like on a, a robbery run with a group of a gang that he thinks is a good guys mm -hmm. and like they just honorable thieves mm -hmm. and they start killing everyone in the mansion so he makes that he makes off with like a, a young girl that's there mm -hmm. and it's like has to raise her is his daughter thereafter like because okay. they kill her full family right um all right so then it jumps like seven years in the future ten years in the future and she's uh like teenager and sick okay she's and, got anime wasting yeah disease. she's got anime wasting disease uh, it's always so sad so you have to like do go back to your life of robbery to pay for her medicine mm -hmm. and all this is delivered incredibly like sincerely and is pretty well done and that the gameplay is the goofiest thing you've ever seen. Of course. So. It's all about stealing items and then making out or making off with them. <laughs> mm -hmm. And like selling them to whatever to make money. Okay. The stealing is so goofy because it's literally if you get spotted by enemy, you can hit the dodge button. And your guy does a goofy animation, like spins around and then it's sparkling, and you won't be seen for a couple seconds. And while you're sparkling, you do uh, your attack button, which, like, punches and kicks stuff into your bag. <laughs> so then you can instantly steal stuff around you. What? Yeah. Flawless. <laughs> what? And then after, after you combo all of these together, it does this goofy zoom in on his face. <laughs> he makes a silly face while... Uh, all the junk flies into a bag and it cuts out the background and says like, oh, it's 800 style points or something. It's the goofiest game known to man. <laughs> okay, maybe we're going to have to stream this at some point even a little so that way any human on Earth has seen it. Yeah, I, 
honestly, I if you like PS2 games, go buy this. It is really neat. I like Kingdom Hearts 2. Is it like Kingdom Hearts 2? Just lie. Sure. Oh, wow. <laughs> Good. Finally, a game for me. <sighs> but yeah, like I said, since he doesn't kill people, he does... When they try and do boss fights, it's hilarious. Okay? Because instead of, like, doing regular attacks, he has pickpocketing moves where he just swipes wildly in front of him. And if you pickpocket someone fully, they just fall over unconscious. <laughs> They're like, you, oh, you took all my money! You took my medication! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Falls over and breaks a table. They do, like, the first boss fight. Uh-huh. Is against this really ripped woman, and you do a Ganondorf battle with her. <laughs> and she shows <laughs> random objects at you. <laughs> Alright. Alright. I think the closest thing I can compare it to is think. Think Katamari Damacy levels of goofiness. Yeah. But you're a thief. <laughs> okay. That sounds pretty good. There's also a lot of RPG mechanics. Like you start off, um, if you try and collect items like steal items outside of that that goofy move I was talking about where you dodge and then steal, mm -hmm. you just do this. You like punch them repeatedly and they have a health bar. Every item has a health bar. <laughs> and if you punch it enough, it goes into your bag. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you level up by get, do, or doing more stealing. And eventually you <laughs> have to punch them less and the health bars go down faster. You also get to upgrade your bag and your... Uh, your disguises, because you actually have to put on a disguise whenever you start stealing stuff, or else they'll notice you in of town. Of course, you can't just go out there looking like you, right? You put on a headband, you're like, "This is good enough." And then the the system they have to track how you wanted you are is uh -huh. wanted signs that are stuck in the ground, and literally you look at those, and they start off being insanely far from you, like goofy caricatures of you. Oh, I love shit like that. And then it once it starts getting closer, it's like. Well, this doesn't look anything like me, but they got the outfit right. And it's like this dude who looks literally nothing like he was like bloated version of the main character. <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. And then to lower your wanted level, you steal the, the wanted signs from the, the world. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that just checks out. You're not wanted didn't, if you remove the signs. <laughs> didn't Assassin's Creed do that? They stole it from this. A liberation of the PSP did it, I know. Oh my god. Liberation? I remember doing it in two. Oh, said oh my god, I feel so bad. You said liberation on the PSP, and I'm like, is like resistance? Kill zone? Which which <laughs> uh, you also do like uh to do a higher jump, he can do like this weird dive in air, and I just started doing like this is like the Ezio dive, but I could just do it into anything. <laughs> Even that ripped woman? <laughs> My god. Just like you Kingdom do, Hearts 2. <laughs> you do that and it's uh you like burst out like Neo bursting out of Agent Smith in the Matrix. <laughs> you know, I was always sad they didn't find a, a, a Matrix game to put that ability into that I had know, escalation. Right? That yeah. would have been great if they put in that pass a Neo. You know, in God of War Ragnarok, we have the finishers, you know, the <laughs> click R3 to really just demolish them. Mm -hmm. It would be that, right? You beat them up enough and then you just leap into them and explode them. There's also a really goofy mechanic around using your bag because your bag like holds all the items, but you can also just drop it on the ground and it distract guards. But really, you could also you kick it and Ooh. knock dudes out. 
Oh, I thought I was just going to kick it all the way home to get there faster. No, you're knocking people out with it. Yes, because you actually don't need to worry about uh, losing it because you can just hit the L1 button anytime and he pulls a string uh -huh. and it flies back to you. And and uh, evidently, you don't need to care about like the, the quality of condition it's in. People will buy it from you no matter how many times you kick it. The, huh? the funny thing is if you get attacked while you hold it, then your stuff can break. Oh, but, but if once you, it's in the bag, it's, it's safe. But even if you're in the bag, well, it's in the bag and they attack you, it takes damage. But you can kick the bag. There's no problem. So the items in the bag are soul-bound to you. I guess. I see. Yeah, this seems like something we need to stream Yeah, it's, at some point. It's really dense with mechanics that are weird, and I love it. Okay. Like, I kept playing it. Like the, And also, it's structured like a way of the Samurai 1, so I got a bad ending the first time through. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and, uh, I love shit like that. Um... Something I found out, the game keeps telling you, give your daughter like one dose of medicine a day at least. Give her more. Just keep cramming it in her face. It's like feed your daughter at least once a day. You're like, once? Got it. Just keep cramming I, it in. Don't stop cramming in the medicine. This is some weird fucking archaic PS2 game. She's going to die suddenly if I don't do that. Just keep cramming it in. Yes, it's because I was I was worried this was going to be going to be like oh, a game that spans like way too many days, like Way of Samurai two or three. Uh huh. But it is not. It, it ended after like a week worth of days or so. Oh wow! And it's not a okay. The day daytime doesn't system does not work like Way of the Samurai. God, I'm going to describe this against Way of the Samurai game. No one has played on Earth. Let's pretend for a moment anyone has played Way of the Samurai. So in that, if you, when you transition between different parts of the town, cool, you. <laughs> time of day just changes and this is just a constant clock like it's constantly okay. taking all at all times so it's a it's a 4d video game obviously just like kingdom hearts <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like kingdom hearts too there we go having to cram your daughter full of medicine just makes me think of one of those completely nonsensical <laughs> memes that you see and just laugh at uh -huh. even though you know where it's just uh it, it's kawaru from uh eva uh-huh just sticking out his hand and says, let's take ibuprofen together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is it that level? You're talking about giving your daughter all this medicine with a constantly running clock and going around stealing shit. This is, uh, uh, oh my God, I got to the end of the sentence and I blanked on the name of this game series. <laughs> oh no. The one Frank West isn't in. The Dead, Rise Dead Rising 2. Yes. It is kind of like Dead Rising 2 in that sense, for sure. Don't forget, Aggro. I'm number one. <laughs> hey, I've covered wars, you know. Man, we need to be. We need to get the true ending on, on Dead Rising 1. Because we got we the do. best ending, but then that unlocked the true ending we still have to go get. Mm -hmm. so, so this sounds pretty good. Yeah, I definitely suggest it. It's, is it going to show... You... You can be vague. Is this a contender for your game of the year list? Yes. Man. Also, it's got it's got a soundtrack by the dude who did all the way to Samurai Tenshu music. So. Oh, good. Awesome. <laughs> and it goes insane. Like, they just let him go wild on those guitars and stuff. It makes no sense. And it turns out they were too scared of the soundtrack to bring to America. <laughs> and then the night scene, like, at, at night at all times, it plays this scene, which is really weird and literally has the Mission Start song from Devil May Cry 2 in it. Like, the weird uh -huh. whining noise they yeah. use. Yeah. yeah. And then it transitions into, like, fanciful Fantasia-like melodies. 
It's like, what is happening? It's just nighttime. I'm stealing some stuff at night. What's happening? <laughs> Jesus. And the game also has mechanics of you can turn in uh, stuff to um, your base where you just get paid for it, or you can take it to the people's box, they call it, in the like shanty town and give it to the people. And, for the people. Yeah, and then you have a meter that goes up for how your reputation in the town is. Everyone in the town's like, we're tired of these Vienna sausages. And you're like, <laughs> I did it for you, the people. No. <laughs> but yeah, this game's delightful. They should do this to every one of their PS2 games. I mean, they should definitely do it to fucking Shinobi, though. Yes. But I just, playing this was like, man, I wish I could play Way of the Samurai like this. I wish I could play Way of the Samurai 2 like this. Man, this is fucked up. This should be disallowed from being PS2 game of the year. <laughs> Probably it's a cheating. That is fucking cheating. Um, <laughs> it almost certainly runs better than it used to. Because this, oh, I, of course, this, I played an acquire game on the PS2. My man. Yeah, this game runs like Lock Sixty. It's great. Whereas <laughs> awesome. I, it's also filled with physics, so I'm sure this game ran terribly on the PS2. It probably yeah. runs yeah. like Shinobi Do, where it's just unplayable. <laughs> you, yeah. you like jostle some objects, and suddenly it's a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like back then, most game engines weren't uh, delta time engines. They were frame time. So if a game <laughs> yes. can't render the next frame, guess what, motherfucker? Time didn't pass. So we're <laughs> just in slow motion. God, it's hilarious how many boss fights happen in a room that's filled with stuff. So it's just like you're fighting a dude and then everything around you just starts shaking. <laughs> <laughs> The tea kettle's going between two points in space. That's really good. I constantly think about, we're trying to solve ray tracing and lighting, but we haven't figured out collision and hair. I know. That's <laughs> insane. Man, if, if, anything, if anything has ever proved the point of games are all himbos, <laughs> this, this was it. Game engines are all himbos, where it's like, I could do this one thing that looks pretty really well. Can you do these basic things? God, no, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, don't don't ask me to figure out where this teapot is. What if I looked at it through a window? <laughs> <laughs> you better not. Uh, you, you better not, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I had this weird thing with God of War. I, you, you, I know the TV you played it on. I don't know if Chris's TV can do uh, 120 hertz. Mm -hmm. I'm playing it on the... mine after yours, so yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The The... the old one we have which is the one agro currently has um is the only one we had that didn't have the 120 hertz okay um that game just like i don't like like playing at a 4k 440 is neat mm -hmm. but it just when it has the higher frame rate when it's running at like 80 90 100 frames per second it just looks sharper because like Fake pixels are on the screen for less time. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, between that and the just motion blur your eye gets from lower refresh rates on a TV, it just looks sharper in the higher frame rate mode in a weird way. <laughs> and I just keep switching it back and forth and be like, well, it looks really great in the 4K mode if I don't move. <laughs> the moment I start moving, the, the, uh, I'm going to say the, the frame rate mode really wins out. Right. Yeah, I don't think I booted that game even once into that like, weird 30 frame. Oh, I, sw mode. I swing it, switch it all the time because the, the, the quality mode is for 40 hertz. It's, okay. it's, it's VRR and 120 hertz output. So mm -hmm. um, 
I thought it was really crazy, though, when I thought about it. I was like, in a single generation, we went from 1080p 60, as the output a console can do, mm -hmm. to 4K HDR 120 hertz VRR. One generation of consoles. That's fucking nutty. <laughs> anyway. Hey, Bob, did you have anything else you wanted to say about Kamiwaza? The only downside to it is it's all in this one town and there aren't that many areas. So you're going to the same areas a lot. Mm -hmm. Did you go to one place to get your job and then have to walk through the town to get to the, the point you're stealing from? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it's like, well, you put it in this house, but it's in a different room in this house. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that's could, variety. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you could get a lot better if you had more areas. <laughs> it's a living game world. The, the entire environment changes over time. But it doesn't, though. <laughs> if, you cut, if you cut a tree, it will leave a scar. And as the tree grows, I don't know why I'm Michael Caine, but as the tree grows... He's also British, I guess it works. That's the closest I could get. <laughs> you know, if he sounded like that, I would at least understand why uh, uh, Peter Molyneux kept floating to the top of yes. all these corporations. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you trust that guy with your entire European game development division, Microsoft? He sounds like Michael Caine. <laughs> I get it. I would too. Um, that, that's probably all I should say about Kamiwaza. Okay. Go, go play it. Got it. <laughs> and did you play anything else? I finished up Xenoblade Chronicles 3. After 70 plus hours. Which uh. now means... Chris is the only one in the middle of it, but that's okay. Bob, that means you can give that cartridge to Agro. He's got plenty of time to beat it <laughs> before the game of the year. <laughs> hey, Agro, did you know that this game has a feature where you could just watch the cutscenes, all of them in the entire game? I'm just going to leave that out there for no, you. No, I, I, I didn't. And I don't think I, I heard you right. So that when I claim to have played this whole game, it's going to be completely believable. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Hey, Bob, what did you what did you think about Xenoblade? Xenoblade is really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a ton of the extra content. I did almost all the heroic quests. I'm missing one class, I think. It was really funny because I keep turning around. And I go, "Hey, Bob, who the fuck is that?" <laughs> because I already <laughs> beat the game, but I didn't like go to every question mark. It. I. I I've been doing that so far. I'm uh, 45 hours, and I'm I think near the end of chapter five. Um, but I've been doing that and it, it, I feel like at some point I'm going to be like I don't feel like an anime filler arc right now thank you <laughs> some of them are anime filler arcs but I feel like a lot of them are really cool ways to develop the, the world more yeah like you go to one one of the colonies who's like yeah I'm the person who developed this iris system everyone uses so you have to find out more about that Ooh, oh man that's cool that is cool I mean yeah <laughs> I saw that too <laughs> But but some of them some of them one of the bounce just shows up for five minutes and then you kill them and then the side quest is over. Uh, yes, those my, are delightful in their own way. My my favorite bit <laughs> in my head, and I realize most video games ever have this problem because of power scaling and stuff. But when you have your main character face off against the super bad team mm -hmm. from like a couple hours in throughout the entire game. Eventually, you run into the problem of who would win? Half of this evil super organization or a bird? 
<laughs> because they are like level 53 birds. The birds have some hands. <laughs> like at some point, fucking Mobius is going to step out and be like, we got them this time, gang, and a fucking bird will kick their ass before they get to you. Yeah, it's one of the, it, most JRPGs do have that issue of like, you have to, you have to accept that levels... <laughs> don't really exist mm -hmm. it's just an abstraction for your benefit no a dog from the last area could not solo three of the four heavenly kings <laughs> but it's really good mentally to think about that i like to believe that is the case we get one of the late like late game giant gorillas jumps up <laughs> completely devastates all of Mobius. It just breaks into bad guy HQ. Yeah. And they're like, there's a fucking gorilla in the building. Yeah, one of the fucking guys from the side quest who has like a clothes iron for a head gets deployed to deal with deal with the gorilla and just gets pounded into blood paste. Wow. Is, is Did she they have gonna, the power of Ouroboros? Is she gonna be reborn? No. That guy is definitely not. <laughs> it's just a stain on the wall. <laughs> um, Named OP dies anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, the side quest where I found Mobius L. That yeah. was the funniest <laughs> one in the whole yes. game. I'm gonna have to do enough to see Mobius L. <laughs> I'm approaching good. the point where I'm just like, I'm going to I'm going to drink all of my bonus experience I've accumulated in the entire game and then nothing else in the game will be challenging, I assume. I just did that all the way through the game and it had no issues. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I kind of framed it as like the game at no point never ever made me feel especially challenged. It mostly was like, OK, this is a hard battle and, you know, because it will take 10 minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, OK. Yeah, I think that the main times I died in the game were literally environmental problems. Like, oh, I was up on a slight cliff, which meant my whole party decided to keep jumping themselves <laughs> off the cliff and dying. Yippee! <laughs> As they just jump yeah. to hell and die. The, yeah. mo most of the th there's this weird thing where if you die really fast in the st at the start of a battle, it fades you out. Like mm -hmm. if, if you if you're a player character. So it's like, uh oh, I accidentally aggroed everybody to me and died in two frames. And yes. now I'm just despawning. Yeah, I uh for me, difficulty wise, it really was just the final boss because I trusted the auto equip system. The auto equip system said, Yeah, man, you don't need those gems that give you hundreds of points of health. You need this thing that's slightly gonna let you do more damage. And I'm like, Are you sure, game? And the game's like, Yeah, I got this, bud. And I did that literally right before the final boss. That's what I decided was a good time to check out the auto equip system. <laughs> I use that all the time because I changed my classes so much because I unlocked so many of them. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I just, uh, you know. But yeah, I also had, I also let it do something stupid and then then had to deal with the whole final boss. <laughs> oh, cool. Great. <laughs> Bob. Like, so you you fought that final boss. Uh -huh. So the weight of the words I'm going to give you will hit with full impact. I died at the very end of the second to last phase. Does it give you a checkpoint? Anywhere? No. And you cannot skip the cutscenes. All because I trusted the auto equip system once in the entire. Oh. Mm. It was miserable. I'm sure. 
That is a long Man, fucking you, you, you find some busted ass shit if you explore a little bit. I found an accessory that uh, it just goes, oh, you deal double damage now. Ooh. Ooh. Not, not, not explicitly, but it's like your fusion arts now all deal twice as much damage. Oh, so I know. Yeah. It's I... basically doubled your damage. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did not. I don't think I found that even as diligent as I was. Not. Yeah. It is. It is unbelievably funny to launch an enemy and then trap them in the frozen time of the chain attack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Especially when it's like uh, the first person's uh, course of action will be Seta. So that way we flip the enemy. It's spinning in air rapidly during the chain attack and Seta just goes, yippee! Yes, this thing is spinning at 400 miles an hour. I, I feel... I, 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 I feel like I Mythbusters sure would be you, like uh, it would die <laughs> just for moving <laughs> yes. this fast. I, I yeah. sure wish they'd I sure wish they'd let you skip Ouroboros actions during chain attacks because it's like we made a we made a 90 second long animation for this attack and I'm like those are really cool a couple times. Yeah, I I I found out really late. If you go into a chain attack and is there in the like startup screen where it's zooming in all their eyes, uh -huh. you can hit the auto battle button and then walk away. <laughs> I was going to say, Chris, I it's... don't know. I thought the animations were really cool. I like selecting them, going and getting a hot pocket out of the freezer. It's like five minutes straight. <laughs> yeah. A... Yeah. And I'm like, yes, this is great because now I because I killed them during it and I see the experience boost number going more and more up. Mm -hmm. It is good. I hate uh, that the game really does incentivize you hitting chain attack at the last possible frame. Yeah. So there were at least three times in the entire playthrough of the game I killed a boss and just sat there with full chain attack because I hit it a frame too late. Yeah, no, I had that happen a few times too. I was like, oh man, oh, this is such a shame. I'm just, you know, incredibly overpowered already. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that the story in these Xenoblade games is so... Yes, one feeling. Yes. Like there's just some, that arcane energy. It's hard to even put into words. Uh, um, it, it's called ripping off Shonen Battle Manga. <laughs> For me, it comes from cosmic horror and ennui. Mm -hmm. Combined with constant dialogues about existential dread. That's the parts for me that make Xenoblade 3 feel like a PS1 JRPG. Yeah, like, and then the, it really hit home with this of like, oh, there's a fucking point. It, it, <laughs> see, in the late 90s, Evangelion and Revolutionary Girl Utena both came out. Right. And then the PS1 yeah. came out. And that <laughs> explains why, why PS1 JRPGs are like that. Oh my God, Utena invented the PS1. <laughs> it is really great to go back and watch a random anime from the era and just smell Ava on it. <laughs> yeah yeah very excited for that Razafon box set to show up <laughs> please don't have ordered that <laughs> new stream goal <laughs> spoiler oh my god anyways hey um the one downside I feel like it has to mm. Xenoblade Chronicles 1 uh huh the world of Xenoblade Chronicles 1 all feels very connected and, like, huge. Which I never felt like in 3. Really? I, yeah. I kind of agree because um, Xenoblade 3 specifically does this thing where it's, like, constantly breadcrumbing you. Mm-hmm. And it, 
and Xenoblade 1 didn't do that fucking at all. Like there was there's enormous stretches of Xenoblade 1 where you don't get a cutscene. You're just running around. Yeah, and you're always like because you're on the giant creature, you're always like know exactly where you are in the world and can see where you're going and what you want to do. Oh, but it feels so far. One of those feelings. Mhm. Mm Cuz you're the whole thing of yeah, Xenoblade you're totally 1. Right, you're yeah. you're on top of this giant creature. You're now like on his hand now you're on his kneecap now you're on his shoulder blade and it's like a world that feels super connected like that yeah and um, that's that's always a huge thing to me mm -hmm. it's, th this is one of those pl things where i think that maybe less and less tech power maybe helped because all the areas in xenoblade one are, are separated by a loading gate mm -hmm. and there there's loading gates in three two but there's Fewer, so you'll have what would be multiple Xenoblade areas like connected. Mm -hmm. And that makes it feel weirdly smaller to me. Like I can't imagine there was some space between these two biomes. You just go down like a hallway almost of, of mountainous valley and then you're in another biome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get it. And, and there's, not as many, there's not any moments like in Xenoblade 1 where you just find a castle full of lizard men. Man, that's pretty fucking classic JRPG. <laughs> yeah, no, yes. if, if an RPG doesn't have a castle full of lizard men, it's basically worthless. <laughs> also, at least so far, like there hasn't been like the dinosaur zone, which is also in Xenoblade One, where it's just here's a jungle full of fucking enormous dinosaurs. Some of them are level ninety nine. They'll stomp your shit in. Oh God, that was in there. Jesus, that was weird. Honestly, I'm guessing the next Xenoblade they make is going to tap into that energy a lot more just to really differentiate itself from three. Yeah, I hope that, like, I'm really excited for where they go. Same, clearly, because hopefully I'm, it will be on a thing named the Switch 2. Yes. It, and their tech honestly, pushed the Switch 1 so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Considering that Xenoblade 3 does, it's, it's like poetry, you know, no, it rhymes so much with Xenoblade 1, and I assume 2, but I haven't fucking played that game. Um, it does Crazy that how so they much. went from 1 to X to 3. <laughs> it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if the next game is Xeno something else. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah, I hope that they get to do that. I want them to differentiate it. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like my ideal Xenoblade game uh -huh. would be you have the world exploration stuff like of Breath of the Wild, like that level of movement ability uh -huh. in turn-based combat. <laughs> like you made the perfect I mean, video game. <laughs> yeah, I, you know... I do think turn-based combat, a lot of it can be more compelling than the combat that's in Xenoblade, it's, for it's, me personally. Combat like Xenoblade, which people call MMO-like, and it, yes. Yes. that's actually an extension of, like, Baldur's Gate mm -hmm. type combat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing I've always had, problem I've always had with this, those type of combat is if I can trust the AI, it's kind of boring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I can't trust the AI and have to micromanage, why didn't you just make it turn-based? And exactly, yeah. that's the exact split I have on that too. Right. A lot of time in this game, I could, I did feel like, well, it would take a little bit longer if I could just auto battle button and not worry about it. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And did you want to say anything else about Xenoblade Three? No. No, I don't want to go into spoilers or anything. But okay. that. Like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was really good.
I, I was shocked by how good that game was. I had a great time with it. I love that game. Bob, I'm going to pretend that you bought Strangers of Paradise and I bought Zelda Blade 3. Let's not do that, please. No, no, I'm sorry, Bob. I'm taking that game with me. <laughs> I'm taking the kids. I'm taking the kids, Bannon. But yeah, I definitely, I will buy, whenever I get free time after all of this, I will buy that DLC pack. Mm-hmm. I will play through those extra things. So I want to see these extra hero stories and I want to know what their, the final DLC is. Because for Xenoblade 2, it was like a completely different campaign with new characters. Yeah. Yeah. So they I'm sold excited. That one standalone. You could buy that at retail, just mm-hmm. that campaign. So I'm excited for what the, they got planned for this. Like it could be something post story, it could be something just totally new yeah. before the story. Who knows? Yeah. I'm, I'm really I excited. I kind of have a suspicion of what it will be. I kind of think it will be uh, those characters that are you see as statues. Hmm. Maybe. Is that the uh, last game you played? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because I, I also played Park the Last Projection, but we already talked about that. So okay. Uh, hey, Chris, what you've been playing? Uh, I played a shitload of Xenoblade Three, but we already talked about that. Uh, I did not understand how seriously about capitalism it is. Oh, like yes. Said. <laughs> I didn't, but I didn't really understand until there was a, a, a cutscene literally explaining the concept of the bourgeois. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Another thing making a PS1 RPG. <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally. Which, to be fair, Chris has reason to not fully put weight behind my words when I say this. Uh, JRPGs about capitalism when, you know, this was Ernest Dan saying this about Xenoblade as opposed to college essayist Dan who said that about Voldemort, or, uh, sorry, uh, the the bad guy in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh my god. It was like, actually. Uh, but I played, I played a bunch of games. Uh, I played every single Joe and Matt game. God, I fucking forgot. <laughs> Uh, here's how that went. Uh, Cornbread Pockets, my best friend, came over for Christmas, and we check out games. That's one of the things we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I bought new Joe and Mac on the PS4, because I'm like, I like Joe and Mac. I like Joe and Mac. I'll, I'll try this. Uh, don't buy new Joe and Mac. I, I, I quit that game after literally 15 seconds. Yeah, wow. explain what's up with this, because people are... Uh, with a slur? <laughs> uh, Joe just looks at the screen and says it! It feels unbelievably bad. It looks really ugly because it's really tweened flash animation. And it's like a really poor duplicate of the arcade game, which already wasn't very good in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't So like you, you start either. this game, enemies spawn from every single side of every corner of the screen and start killing you. And then you <laughs> walk 10 feet and fight the first boss, which is a T-Rex, and, it, and then it, it kills you because it, because it feels really bad and it's a quarter muncher, except... They reproduced that for no reason. Cool. Wow. So I was so indignant. I'm like, no, no cornbread pockets. We're gonna. I'm gonna show you the true Joe and Mac. And then I booted up Joe and Mac on the uh, on the SNES. Mm-hmm. Uh, that game's still good. It's a neat little platformer that has really short levels and a bunch of bosses. And it is like 70 minutes long, so it doesn't overstay its welcome too much. Is that the end? You go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, is that game on the Nintendo Switch Online? Can I do online co-op for this? I feel like that game was on. I'll Mm. look it up. You, you, you continue. 
Uh, so I, we beat that. And then I played Joe and Mac 2. Joe and Mac 2 is fucking terrible. Yes. <laughs> it legitimately feels like they shipped 40% of the game they wanted to make. Because uh, what happens is uh, the magic crown, the significance of this crown is never actually explained, gets stolen by an evil caveman named Gork. So you have to go get it back. <laughs> Uh, the levels and physics in all gameplay are entirely different from Joe and Mac 1. Yeah. Which was almost like a kind of a contra light game where you sh could shoot in directions and you got like, you had, a, you had a throwing axe and you had like a, you threw a stone wheel or a torch or boomerangs. In this, you don't, you just have a club, although some, although very rarely, there's like three in the entire game. You can grab a power up that lets you shoot a projectile when you swing the club, but it's very rare. Uh, but so you do this and a guy go, goes, uh, okay, um, you need the seven magic jewels to use the rainbow bridge to get to Gork's castle. I'll just give you two of the jewels right now. <laughs> <laughs> then you do four levels, which are pretty short and unimpressive and get a jewel from each. And then they just give you the last jewel. Hell yeah. So, so, so uh, some things some things didn't go right with this game's development, I'd wager. Yeah. Uh, and then the final level is one short but relentlessly difficult platforming challenge. Uh, and then every single boss in the entire game in a row. Great. So as I recall it, and this is important. This is important information. I hope Chris is educated enough to back me up on this. At the top here, we've got Joe and Mac. In the middle, we have the Super NES Flintstones game. And at the bottom, we have Joe and Mac 2, right? That's the backing order, right? I've only played the NES Flintstones game, but I would put ah, it okay. higher than uh, Joe and Mac. Oh, wow. I mean, Joe uh, and Mac 2, not Joe and Mac. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, Joe and Mac uh, 1's that... really good. It's only, down, it's only downside is that it's 30 frames per second, mm. which I will unjustifiably blame the SNES for. <laughs> Uh, then we tried the Genesis version of Joe and Mac, which is just an arcade conversion, so it's whatever. Was it bad, actually, in a part of Bob's youth? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I played that one. Maybe, though. And then I played, uh, then we played the Game Boy version for two seconds, like, this seems fine for the Game Boy, and then stopped. This seems fine for the Game Boy is a very loaded statement if you've played early Game Boy games. <laughs> and it's like, this is fine compared to Castlevania the Adventure. <laughs> Uh, but in addition to Joe and Mac, we played Hell, by which I mean Fall Guys. Oh, all right. Um, one, the, the competence, competency level of a Fall Guy player has fallen through the fucking floor since it went free to play. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> uh, two, they seemingly rem they removed every single team based game. From what we played, and we played like seven hours of Fall Guys. Whoa! <laughs> there's there's no more eggs. There's no more push the balls into the goal. There's none of that shit. That's a completely different game. <laughs> At one point during our Billy Hatcher stream, Bob started breaking down as he goes, "This is just the Fall Guys platformer game." <laughs> yeah, they got rid of that stuff. Um, That's good. They added a really. They seem to have added a really really bad final level which is what i got most of the time which is you, you know the one where you you run on the platforms and they disappear and there's like seven levels mm -hmm. 
Uh, this is that, but there's only one level. The platforms regenerate and a closing ring slowly limits how many of the platforms you can go on. And that wouldn't be bad if it didn't take like two minutes for the ring to get to the platforms at all. Like it doesn't start limiting where you can go at all for like a huge amount of time. Oh. Yeah, that, that sounds we, like just a worse version of the other one. The other one still exists too, so it's strange. And yet not but as like bad they, as they, eggs. <laughs> they took, the, uh, we got the Sonic level a couple times. Okay. Which is just, uh, you have a tight, you have like a, like a Mario Kart 64 battle arena type arena, and it's just collect 20 rings before, <laughs> while there's still slots. That sounds great. Spawn randomly. <laughs> sounds really yeah, yeah, good. A, they've replaced Egg Scramble with stuff like that, or with like, you're on an infinite slip and slide type thing. You have to jump or maneuver yourself through 20 rings before other people do. So they're still trying to filter people who are too good at platformers, but they're mm -hmm. doing that with things that are not completely unlike platformers. Yeah. That are also bad, like example. <laughs> well, it is hell after all. Um, I still don't, I still think that game is a terrible fucking match for the battle pass system like i cannot see myself being like yeah i'm gonna throw like two hours into fall guys a day because because even by the end of that we saw like all the maps that were running at the time and i'm like once you see all of them you're kind of done but what if you were deranged <laughs> what if you needed uh, the crowns <laughs> uh you, you need like 4500 crowns to max out the crown battle pass uh, but they also added a crown currency, and when you get five of crown currency, you get one crown. You know, everything he said up until this point was making me kind of interesting going back, but then that is just like a no Dan zone sign where I'm like, nope, that's... Mm -mm. At least that... So I assume you get this crown currency by doing something that isn't winning a game. Oh uh, yeah, they have like dailies and everything now like Fortnite does. Okay. <laughs> Because that, that was always an insane thing of like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to ever get five crowns. I need to win the game five times. That isn't happening. And you when, also get um, crown currency at certain levels of the, of the normal battle pass that you get from just playing the game. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Maybe check out Fall Guys again if you hated those games and that's why you dropped it. Did you play uh, anything else? Yes, I played Chop Goblins. <laughs> Chop, Chop Goblins is a uh, tiny, like, 40, 40 to an hour, hour long shooter made by uh, the developer of Dusk. Okay. Uh, you, you're, the plot is that you opened a, a cursed chest in the basement of your local museum and released the Chop Goblins, <laughs> and now you have to kill all of them. That name kills well, me. All right. This is like Gremlins. Yes, it is very, it is very much like Gremlins. Uh, it's neat. It, it's $5. It, it's not very long. I doubt I'll ever play it again, but it, it's fucking, it's neat. One of the bosses in it is Dracula. Ooh. He sings a song while you fight him. Ooh. Uh, but it, what's, but, what's the aesthetic on this? We talking boomer shooter, 2D sprite, 3D environment? No, it is like a really hideous looking 3D, <laughs> like, Quake-esque. Okay. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Okay. All right. Uh, you cannot save because the levels are only like eight minutes long. So it's like if you die, just go back back to the fucking start. You have an auto save at the start of the level. Okay. 
your weapons are. You have a dagger for stabbing. You have a flintlock pistol. You have a shotgun fused with a Tommy gun. You have the stake thrower, which just shoots wooden stakes really fast and functions like the quake nail gun. Uh, and, you, and you have a, you have like, it's called like the staff of Corinthian or something that you steal from ancient Greece. Okay. Which is your BFG and just kills enormous amounts of chop goblins at one per shot. That makes me think of Turok. I like it. It's it's there's definitely an element of like we're we're making fun of Daikatana. <laughs> Someone really do that? Make fun of Daikatana? <laughs> uh but that's neat. Here's a game I'm a little less positive on. Okay. I picked up Fashion Police Squad. It's a it's a first person shooter where you're a fa- you're a member of the fashion fashion police squad FPS. Uh, 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 you play as a poli- uh, a fashion police officer s- solving fashion crimes, which is stuff like uh, a dude is wearing a totally gray suit. You have to shoot him with the color gun. Oh yeah, we saw this at some fucking event. Yeah, or, I played uh, it for one of the one of those for demo roundups. Yes. Or there's like, here's a guy with baggy pants who's vaping. You have to hit him with your magic belt to put his pants up. Um, this game is trying to be funny. It doesn't fail in the high on life way, but it fails in the way that it feels like every single... It feels like they don't understand that even if your game's funny, not all the dialogue has to be funny. You just have to have jokes sometimes. Mm. so almost every conversation ends with a character saying something stupid and another character saying the equivalent of well that just happened cool also it feels like at some point they just kind of give up and every joke becomes like instead of yes say they say yes great (laughs) like Mm. it's 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 not it's not great humor as evidenced by the fact like the opening has a jojo meme in it or they redrew uh, Jotaro walking towards Dio in, in the opening cutscene. No, it's just, it's just him walking to his car. It's not funny at all. No. Come on. It's just, it's just, you know what that is, right? Um, <laughs> Every game that does this legally should have to have Chris saying it in that tone, but quieter play over the cutscene. You got it? You got the reference? The problem with this game, the big problem I have with it is that um, it's DMC, the DMC, but for first person shooters. That is some fucking repugnant shit you just said. You have have infinite ammo for every weapon and every enemy has one solution. You have you have to shoot the dull suit guys with the color gun. Yeah, you're tight matching Uh, every shot to do. You you have to use its alt fire, which siphons color from the guys with who wear really loud crop tops. You have to use the tailoring gun on guys with oversized suits. You have to you have to use the clothing grenade and then shoot the guys who have two small suits. Uh, there are tourists who are wearing socks with sandals and you have to throw sock gnomes at them to steal their socks. And I played I played about 90 minutes of this game. And at no <sighs> point did it ever deviate from from like there was no point where it's like, oh, okay, here's a new weapon that does multiple things. So it, it doesn't have any of the decision-making I like in a, a, a insufferable video essay voice. P- games are really about players making decisions. 
but it doesn't have that element of of like doom where it's like okay i have this much ammo for these weapons there's these enemies who do i prioritize what weapons do i use to kill them with i can use stronger weapons which will make it easier and it'll be safer but i don't know what's coming up next in this all you have to think about really is am i on the right gun for the enemy i'm looking at Also, the level design goes to shit right after the where the tutorial ends. I'm not sure right after where the demo ended. Apparently, like it gets so bad that I'm like, "Have I been here before? This looks identical. Where am I?" This sounds miserable. Yeah, I really mm. wanted to like this game because the music is really good and it looks mm -hmm. very nice, and mm -hmm. it, it's fairly responsive to actually play. But that it being so simplistic on the gameplay level and also it has like kind of bad platforming sometimes where you have to use like a whip to swing over bottomless pits ambitious this, this was this was a first person boomer shooter right yeah okay yeah. Uh, and and the, and the grappling <laughs> like the whip swinging feels kind of bad because you have to actually put your reticle over the thing to attach to it unlike a lot of games where i feel like you're cut you're looking at it that's enough we know to auto, like, uh, there's nothing else you can do. Why would you not want to, you hit the button to attach to a grappling point. Especially later on when they start putting enemies at the end of, like, the swings. So it's like, well, I would like to focus on the enemy during the swing, but if you do that, you, you fucking fall. I like, that, I like that every secret, since they can't have, like, ammo or secret weapons, Mm -hmm. Every secret is a draw a poster on the wall that is a drawing of the protagonist wearing a hideous outfit. And he says some kind of remark like, where'd you get this? And that I thought was charming. But yeah, it it it, it just kind of didn't do it for me at all. I really wanted to like it because it it's a neat idea. Yeah. And it has great music and looks very nice. Because it's bright and colorful and it's it's like sprite based. And it, it it is funny that there's an enemy that is like. A 21 year old chugging energy drinks with a suit that is too small for him, and he's going like, let me show you my resume and zipping around at, at, at super speed because he's chugging Red Bull constantly. Mm -hmm. I think that's neat, but yeah, it just just didn't do it for me and. Like that writing was just so insipid. I it, it honestly, it reminded me of Hell Yeah, Wrath of the Dead Rabbit, which is my go to for like, we're trying to be funny, but aren't funny at all. Hell Yeah, stream win, Dan. What the fuck is this? I didn't deserve this. That was brought over by Nipponichi, right? And it's just a I, game no one I, thinks about ever. I don't think so. I can't remember when this game was i'm trying to it's a, I, it's a french game oh is and it sega published it what but it is very obviously trying to ape like disguise aesthetic and tone so i understand you thinking it was nifanichi software all right <laughs> hey bob i have confirmed something over here what's that as you can see on the screen right here I own that game and have never booted it. <laughs> it's all coming you, together. You own it? The, 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 the hell yeah Matt Hazard double stream. What is this shit? It was ordained by God. 
Two for games me to Chris suffer? bought at launch for reasons he didn't know and then and then beat. God, why didn't Matt Hazard get credited to me as a part of some humble indie bundle? Because <laughs> it's all seventh gen only. There's not even a PC version. Oh my they God. had to contain that. <laughs> oh, uh, but th th that's everything I played. Hey, Agro, what you been playing? Uh, in addition to sitting here playing Vampire Survivors on my phone with a controller. Uh, He's so I, smart. <laughs> I have spent a good portion of the last week finally getting my teeth into Harvestella. Cool. That might be the chillest fucking video game I have ever played in my life. Yeah. Like, it's it's got just enough farming... Just enough RPG dungeon crawling. It's, it, I feel my brain smoothing out the longer <laughs> I play it as I just sink into this vaguely video game flavored syrup. You get it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the hardest it, it, thing to market, right? <laughs> it's the hardest thing to market. Like, how do you communicate that to your player? It's like, no, 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 it's not a really deep RPG, but it's cozy. <laughs> Well, Lo-fi RPG archetypes to chill out to. Yes. It, I mean, it's got a design aesthetic somewhere between uh, Final Fantasy XIV and Bravely Default. Like, yeah. it, it looks like a DS game. I've heard people compare it to Crystal Chronicles. There are a lot of things mm. about it that make me think of thirteen. God, I wish that Bravely Default 2 looked like this. Instead, it like just looks hideous. <laughs> I there wish are, this had budget. <laughs> there, there are oddly four different types of characters in Harvestella. Uh, there are cute girls, children, mm -hmm. regular NPCs, mm -hmm. and NPCs with weirdly big heads and stern faces. Some of yes. the men just have Max Headroom head. <laughs> yes. It's, it's upsetting. There's no call for it. <laughs> but so, uh, i mean honestly on the rpg side and on the farming side it's it's a little deceptive like you're, you're gonna spend the first 10 hours of this game going okay there's uh there's not a lot of meat on this bone and then like 15 hours later like where did all these systems come from uh so there are large rocks on your farm and they, they hide your ability in the large rocks behind some stuff uh, story-wise. The yeah. ability to get rid of them. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm going to get rid of these someday. And more and more roommates, as I'm going to call them, just keep <laughs> showing up. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get rid of these rocks. I have enough going on in my life just dealing with these rocks. Can you not be... Go away. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think I need to collect all of them before I'll be able to... Mm -hmm. <laughs> this game showed me so many goddamn bombable walls before yeah. it let me make bombs because I had to go do a specific thing that I wasn't going to go do because I was just, you know, farming and doing side quests with village children for yes. days and days and days. And then I walk into the second dungeon. It's like, oh, here's the bomb recipe. You bitch. <laughs> it's really good because you get stories that are like, this person is passed on and I don't know how to move on. And it plays the sad music. And then it's like, this person is ill and soon they will pass on. And I don't know how to move on. And it plays the sad music. And then it's like, the kids are like, Hey, 
our friends moving away. Which is like... <laughs> it seems like I see some relationships have changed. <laughs> oh, Everything yeah. has an equal amount of emotional intensity. It is, it is part of the experience. Everything is so serious all just, the time. You roll up in this town and they're like, here's a free house and a bunch of seeds. Farming's easy. Isn't this world great? Everything that's going to happen to you is going to happen at the exact same emotional level. Nothing you are unprepared for is ever going to occur. There's all this ominous shit going on around you, but don't worry. Just keep picking the dumb speech option and you're going to be fine. Yep. For it, some it reason, great how every every dialogue you like, do you want to say something normal or do you want to sound like an idiot? <laughs> yeah, they, they, they really go far out of their way to make every single dialogue have that option okay, for some so reason. I'm going to favorably say something about Dragon Age 2. OK. Oh, my God. Go uh, on. Dra Dragon Age 2 has, has the has the comedy dialogue option that's there for every single dialogue in the game. Uh, I named my character Reddit Hawk. <laughs> when I streamed that and just exclusively picked that option, uh, you pick that op option when one of your party members is like being being uh, absorbed by the demon that possesses them and about to kill an innocent. You pick that comedy option and they just stab them. <laughs> like they just kill them. It's over. Damn. Uh, I, I was gonna say like I mean, is it because because in Harvestella it, it's designed to have your trendy Sundere, uh girlfriend say mean things back to you and you like it. Um, I was gonna say, is there anything good like that in Dragon Age? But apparently no. there is. That moment and the realization that a boss they force you to fight no matter which side you pick, even though it's it's framed like that to change whether or not you fight that boss, uh, it's just a reused asset from the previous game. Oh, <laughs> the Dragon Age. Mm. But yeah, Harvestella sure is great, isn't it? Oh, it super is. <laughs> it it is one of those games where every now and then I just have to go to Google, like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this item? And some game facts forum thread tells me, oh yeah, they give you those for no reason. You're not gonna use them till like chapter eight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was really happy the people who made this game, like the director, uh, apparently financial success. Cool. And they're totally Good. interested in making another, which is great because if this game looks like it has any money in it, <laughs> more people might play it. Yeah, it might help the launch on everything too, and not just Switch and PC. Yeah, yeah, that would help. Yeah. What a weird, what a weird deal. I know, right? Nintendo's like, asking, like, what, what is this game? I need to know how many video games you've already played before I can answer that question. <laughs> right. I'm about to list seven games and you're going to have to do some complicated maths to arrive. They keep giving me all these new job classes that are go take this sharp thing and hit the enemy with it. And I'm like, you, you gave me black mage in the first hour of the game. What the fuck? Do I know. You think I'm going to do with all this horse shit. They're like, but this one's really cool. And you're like, and I'm within 15 feet to do that. Why would I do that? There are, uh, uh, look forward to Harvestella showing up in some categories <laughs> on game of the year for some reasons. <laughs> yes. That is that is going to be really exciting. I uh, one of the things about Harvestella is because it has so little money. 
they don't voice your first encounters with any <laughs> character. So like a fairy will show up on your farm and like I somehow set it up so like three fairies show up on my farm within a few days oh, because nice. of just just I went and did the hardest of the four up four pass or three optional pass near the beginning of the game. I did the hardest one first. So three of these motherfuckers show up really fast. One day I leave my farm and I just hear Goodbye. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Which one of you sounds like that and get out? <laughs> and to this day, don't know. I don't know which fairy sounds like it's going to kill me in my sleep. <laughs> I, I, I just got the one. She's like, bye-bye. I'm like, holy fuck. Um, yeah, somehow she's not the creepiest one. Somehow, doll. <laughs> yeah, that's how she sounds. She's just like, bye-bye. You get an NPC like following like pages and pages of dialogue, and then you go on a quest, and suddenly she has a line of spoken dialogue, and she's British. Okay, uh -huh. yes, yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And I had the same fucking reaction. I'm like, excuse me, <laughs> what? God, this being game British is such a fucking treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a literal British jump scare right there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good game. Did you uh, have anything else you wanted to say about it? Or? Uh, apparently, in direct opposition to how you played it, uh, mm. like uh, chapter three started, and they're like, "Hey, go visit all these other towns and check out these dungeons." And I'm like, "But I, I have onions to harvest and all of these side quests to do." So I did all the side quests until it stopped giving me side quests, and then I went to the second dungeon, and I was strong. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that sounds nice. I yeah, did it was pretty great. I did all the quests in the first town, and then I went to the hardest tangent I could have gone on, and it felt good. It kind of felt really good for it to be hard because I earned every step into that dungeon. Mm. Every step of the way, it actually felt like a challenge and a risk, and you know, you're balancing hunger and stamina and all this other shit. Because in order to attack in Harvestella, you must use stamina. So. If you didn't bring a meal, you are not getting shit done today. You better also, bring some fucking sandwiches. Activate the the mini scene where you learn things about your companions. Oh shit! Like at the at the rest where you can take a rest and yeah, eat a where you sandwich. Take a break. I haven't done that. Don't tell Agro I haven't done that once. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a good point, Agro. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's there's a whole I, I I spent a huge chunk of my time doing that third fucking tangent with the the summer seas light I think it was, and I finished that whole fucking thing, and then I hear a voice for a character I met early on in that tangent. I'm just like Jesus fucking what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they should have added even ten more dollars to the budget. Oh, yeah, no, it seems... I kind of dig it. <laughs> It seems crazy that they don't have enough to get a voice line for when you first meet a character for each of them. You don't need much more fast that. You need like a few of them saying a comment that you can play for whenever they're talking. Yeah. Because that's what a ton of these cheaper JRPGs do. Of like, we got him saying, well. Yeah. And, uh. Hmm. <laughs> also, I just have to point out for people uh, like me who are annoyed by quirks of menus. Um, so you've got a job system, right? Mm -hmm. where you you can equip up to three jobs you can switch between. 
there's a, a tab on your menu called jobs. Mm-hmm. It's not where you do that. No. You go to party. Select yourself. And hit details. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. That's where you can do that shit. I, I'm glad this bugged you, too, because I thought I was being a little unreasonable when I was upset about this. I, I did a lot of the game with two jobs and went, wait, didn't they show me a third slot 10 hours ago? <laughs> I feel like I should have a third. Why can't I equip this job? I actually Where had a moment. That? They they added someone to my party, but they didn't actually add someone to my party. So I'm fighting my way through this dungeon. I'm like, man, that's crazy. I wish that person was here. Wait a minute. I pause the game and go look at the party screen, and there's just a slot I can select. I'm like, motherfucker. So, like I I had a, I had a three person party. Somebody was added, so they just nuked that third slot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Great game. Can't wait for a money sequel. <laughs> yes, that'll be so fascinating in comparison. A, a, a real game of contrasts. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is that is all I've been playing. Oh, shit. Then I think that means it's time to start our death stream of hell yeah. You excited, Bob? No. <laughs> oh, wait. It's time to talk about the Pod Lords. Oh, fuck. Oh, really? Oh, Pop loads, baby. Pop loads. <laughs> you can't escape. My God, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> Actual cannibals, pod lords. <laughs> I mean, I honestly wouldn't be that shocked. These podlords are so incredible. They're just in the other room. We can't show them to you. It'd be, we, it costs so much money to show you these podlords. <laughs> what is this, Horizon? <laughs> oh, my God. They're so grotesque and mutated. You just have to, have to imagine it. <laughs> yes, that's right. It's the podlords. Podlords such as E. Lee Broyles. Corey Brown, The Plan, Red Blaze 27, Suzu Shiro, Shibu Yagato, BN12. Give us the yippee button, Dan. <laughs> Don't negotiate with terrorists, Dan. You, 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 you all have a yippee button. We have a yippee button at home. You have a yippee button at home, Jack. We went to Walmart. We got the yippee button. It's fine. 100 Fun Shades of Wonderful Remastered. WTF, Spider-Man. Mr. I Like Spam. Happy New Year's, BTD. Here's another year. Many new plans by Gene Caria. God, I hate how easy it is to just post his smug face. <sighs> yeah. It's so smug. It could go anywhere and feel self-satisfied. <laughs> DFW 3K. So are these Potteru in the room with us now? <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore. It's the new year. <laughs> Banished. Shiny Mew. Kristen. Kyle Bjork. Iron Aggro. Bligda Blue. Schligda's Poo. Monster Hunter Ryzen and Raiden. 
Happy New Year! Here's to minimal gaming news that makes us depressed. Apple Gothic got two... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did these get swapped? Are these tied? Where's this? I don't know where that image went. Sorry, Apple Gothic. Apple Gothic got two new scarves and a shiny Delibird for Christmas. Ooh. Yeah, this image just got shuffled because this next one's not supposed to be... Okay, Podlord is an adventure this week. Here we go. Let's see if I can that find is the. a lot of week. Let's. Are, are you the? No, not a you. Or, no. Okay. Let's. Where? Where are we? How did they get shoved I'm, that far I'm out of order? My gaze. <laughs> yeah. Don't look. Don't spoil the Podlords. Okay, that's weird. I'm trying this again. Happy New Year. Here's some minimal gaming news that makes us depressed. Cooper Tank, starting the new year. Yeah. No. That's just. Starting the new year off on a high note. The plan has deviated. Just just for the record. Mm. A Microsoft game allegedly having its development rebooted is not news. Yeah, <laughs> that, honestly, that is not at this right. point. That's not even news shaped. <laughs> because it's all according to the plan. Exactly. It's all even according the to the plan. It's horrible. Why is he the Joker? <laughs> is that how Jinkaria sounds in your head? Well, yeah. What am I going to do? Watch the Bountark? <laughs> <laughs> Two parts milk, one part Mountain Dew. Not great. Indigo Sykes. Drive typecast. Happy New Year, Gigaboy. Except Dr. Aggro. I have no idea. Dude, I have no idea. What do you do to this guy? I don't. I honestly don't know. <laughs> oh, wait. I mean, maybe I'm not going to say I didn't, but... Do, do you not celebrate New Year's, Agro? Do you not believe in it? <laughs> Agro oh, only celebrates might, old this year. Might be, this might be some scrub from the Eastern time zone. <laughs> oh. oh, that's true. Man, it's so glad the good that I'm not the abrasive one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like getting up an hour earlier? <laughs> Apple Gothic got two new scarves and a shiny Delibird for Christmas. Nice. Evil Lucario is soon flying into Puerto Rico to visit a longtime friend and therefore has no bit, but is hyped as hell. Holy shit, Evil Lucario, you're, you're friends with Robert Landall? Nice. <laughs> that fucking rules. Don't play him at golf. It's not going to be fair. <laughs> He's too strong. A raccoon enjoying some time off at the beach. <laughs> uncomfortable boy or girl I don't know I can't fucking tell from having a raccoon <laughs> I'm not familiarized with raccoon uh, 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 biology and the chat's like here are some links and I'm like I didn't ask to be either <laughs> Padaru whack Pokemon whack Tekken whack Armored Core whack Judas whack play Hyper Demon and kill a god come on man <laughs> told you about insider trading, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's like the one thing you shouldn't do. <laughs> the Super Mim. Quickly, Koga, to the Jin Karia. Oh, boo. Because <laughs> it's, it's a car. Uh-huh. I'm really glad I waited this long in the Podlords to turn on the TV. 
<laughs> I was like, is that the Podlord image? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, are we getting meta? Is this the Yoko Taro Podlord segment? Plug <laughs> like, it into controller port two. <laughs> One of our Podlords ends with ending B. <laughs> Saralina. Tomothy Fister loves mulching terror raid battles with this silly blue rabbit mouse that deals 1,000 plus damage. That sounds I, balanced. I know, it's so good, isn't it? <laughs> so good. Bearded Joe. Pleochrome. Chainsaw Man Scrub Quotes Classic RTX Update. <laughs> Look, can we ban that move? Seriously? Crungle Spum. Year of the Rabbit just started and we are already winning. Eventually, Noodle will budget himself more efficiently and be able to maintain a steady pay. Noble Prize nomination deadline is January 31st. Y'all know what to do! Rise up. <laughs> when you're the most dangerous, war crime-loving space Nazi, but you get Isekai to become a 30-something-year-old businesswoman. What? Did, and, uh, oh, yeah, you... there's a manga about Haman Karn being an office lady. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some stuff. I'll be back. And, and I, I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> and Iconic Bane. Thank you very much to our Podlords. Thank you, Podlords. Thank, Thank you, Podlords. Podlords. Thank you, Podlords. Especially you. You know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and if you'd like to become a Podlord, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash gbpodcast. For as little as $5 a month, you'll get access to many, many benefits, such as early access to our two anime review podcasts, Chugging Bleach, wherein we review five or more episodes of Bleach a month, or Pokemon Go to the Movies, a show where we review once a month a Pokemon movie until they're all done or we're dead, whichever one comes first. You will also get cut content from other shows we do when there's cut content to be had, and uh, a patron-exclusive show, one a month, where you get to vote on what good or bad movie we have to watch and then talk about. And if it's a bad movie, you'll even get a commentary track and if you've never contributed to our Patreon before, all the backlog of that is just sitting there. So if you want to watch uh, 24 hours <laughs> of us talking about the worst movies we've ever seen in our entire lives, and 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 I, I need you guys to understand, I used to be a normal person. <laughs> then I had to I had to start watching shit like The Golden Compass and Cats Don't Dance, and now I don't know what a good movie is anymore. <laughs> Welcome uh, to true freedom. <laughs> <laughs> that's pa that's patreon.com slash GB podcast. If you don't have any money, it always helps us immensely to tell your friends, rate us on Thursdays before Twitch removes that feature. Uh, rate or review us on your podcast app of choice and like this video on YouTube if you're listening on YouTube right now. Please, Please. do. Please. Please, right now. Please. Also, maybe leave a comment. The algorithm like that. It's like an, it's like a, a fussy god. <laughs> uh, patreon.com slash gb podcast we have news don't we we do. Do, 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 do do time for some news uh i have really small amount of news this week because i spent a good amount of time leading up to this uh either binging games and turning off the entire world or ill so 
Uh, let me get us back to the full cam. There we go. <clears throat> uh, Vive XR Elite headset announced. It's fully wireless. It's it can do internally run games, you know, games running on the mobile chipset in the headset, or it can do games streamed either through Wi-Fi six from your PC or various other means. Or if you don't have a good enough wireless solution on your PC, there actually is a cable they sell to directly connect to it. Oh, that's good. It has inside out tracking it has proper controls and it is like $400 cheaper than that meta headset. <laughs> Shocking. Oh, right. They dropped the Oculus branding entirely, didn't they? Yeah, it's now a meta headset. Yeah, meta quest. I do, I, I, I yeah, meta quest 2. Or, Man, or, I, how I've, stupid. Yeah, it sucks. It really sucks. Um, but yeah, this headset seems pretty neat. Um, it's got a lot of features that you'd want in a high-end VR headset. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite up to snuff with the psvr2 because it doesn't have eye tracking mm. and unlike the really high-end meta headset it doesn't have face tracking so it can't track your facial expressions you're making and translate that into anything in game what's up bob i didn't know that was a feature that's really funny and also uh, horrible it makes sense if you're making like a social interfacing app yeah like like you know for rec room i kind of do want something like that but i'll take you know being unbelievably awesome and at half the price so uh because the psvr2 is at 550 right to this at 1100 and the meta stuff at even more well the meta high-end one and even more there are the lower end ones that don't connect to pc anyways um that's it for that but bob i want to talk about psvr2 so we're going to jump to your news with the sony ces and i'm going to jump immediately to the part i care about they announced gt7 Yes. Gran Turismo 7 is getting a free PSVR 2 update. Mm-hmm. You guys need to understand, I'm a pretty bold motherfucker when it comes to life experiences. One time I leapt out of a Jeep Bob was driving because I wanted to know what that felt like. Driving a car at 70 miles per hour in VR is terrifying. <laughs> so so while, while Gran Turismo 7 is like one of my favorite experiences of this year... I cannot cope with like okay so here's how I know I tried PSVR one with Drive Club uh huh and I'm like oh I'm going so fast this is fucking terrifying and then because it's a VR thing I look down and I see I'm going 53 miles an hour <laughs> and I'm just like oh oh this is this is not good I will never win a race in VR <laughs> honestly my first thought when I saw that news was I wonder if I could get going fast enough that I ram into a wall and shit myself in real life. If I can trick my body into thinking I'm dead. I've never gotten to try VR. I'm really excited to pick up a PSVR 2 at some point and be like, how powerful is this illusion? Because I assume from everybody who talks about it, it must be pretty fucking extreme. So here's how Even on a shitty VR set. Here's how extreme, I mean, the PSVR 2 shit's, like, really top-end, so that's gonna be absolutely fucking mind-boggling. But here's how powerful this shit is. I don't remember if we did it for the, any of the American Truck Simulator Let's Play, but uh, Jim Rackgazer actually owns uh, head-tracking stuff you clip onto a hat for American Truck Simulator. And just that was enough for us to be using the steering wheel he brought over and hit the brake. And when we didn't feel the inertia of braking, we both went, Ooh. like it just hits you. 
Right, you're so immediately you're so immediately immersed just from it tracking your head. So VR is like that times five at least. So shit in VR of like I was like I was playing Horizon today, and this was after this announcement came out that you know. So I'm in that headspace. I'm playing. I said Horizon, God of War. Okay, I was like, why would you do I'm that? I'm playing Horizon today because <laughs> that would be funny. No, I'm playing God of War Ragnarok, and I look over the ledge behind me. There's a reason I thought of Horizon. Um, and there's just, it's a huge distance between me and the ground. It's a sheer drop. And I'm just looking at that. I'm like, this would scare the shit out of me in VR. Thank God. Mm, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Stuff, stuff like that. Really small stuff like that really hits you. So, um, anyways, that's, that's, that's pretty great that they're adding that update. We will absolutely stream that since I'm getting PSVR two. I'm going to look like an absolute clown as I don't try fast enough to win any race ever. <laughs> but I mean, you'll have won the moral victory. Is is owning a VR headset a moral victory? Is that what I'm hearing? I mean, you said it, not me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bob, you actually wrote down the rest of this news. It's true. I will not steal it from you. Sure. Um, they announced at CES Project Leonardo from Sony. Hellacious. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Radical. <laughs> Uh, this is their new accessibility controller, which I'm glad they're finally doing this. I think Xbox did one like three years ago or something. Yeah, the Xbox one has been neat. And I it's one of those things like, Sony, why don't you have one of these? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad. Oh, it kind of looks like a turtle. Those are really. It is this, it's a circular device you put on a flat surface and has buttons all around it. And it, you can get the analog stick, I guess, at any point on it. It's really neat. Oh, it does look like a turtle. Yeah, does, yeah. I guess those little things do kind of give it turtle shell looking. I never thought of that. Okay. Huh. Um, you can have up to a set of two of these things in one dual sense. So you can do all sorts of controller customization by having that many different pieces to it. Yeah. And they all have four aux ports to add more random things like foot pedals and whatever you need. Yeah, and for anyone who's uh, ox as in, like, just a stereo jack. Yeah, it's a stereo jack. Yeah, so it literally is the cheapest foot pedal. Your rock band foot pedal will work with this. Mm-hmm. Um, Honestly, my first thought was, this looks like a really complicated foot pedal setup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, assuming, of course, you haven't, you know, broken your rock band foot pedal in half, but what sort of psychopath? Yeah, who would do that? Who would do that at least three times? Jesus. <sighs> Anyway, uh, I'm glad they're doing this. Yeah. And no. uh, fuck getting the edge controller. Just get one of these Leonardo's and hook <laughs> a kick pedal up and be like, that's my reload button. Yes. I don't need extra things for my fingers. Give me some foot buttons. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'd much rather reload with a fucking foot pedal than use my thumb in a, in a first person shooter, in a normal, casual Third-person action game, that would be deranged. <laughs> come full circle to Time Crisis 2. Yes! <laughs> it's time! Crisis. Crisis. <laughs> uh, during this event, they also talked about how PSVR 2 will have over 30 games at launch. That's cool. Beast Saber will come eventually. They didn't want to I'm glad they confirmed it, at least, because it <laughs> would be weird to launch a VR platform without that. Uh, before we move on, because past this, that's that's all the VR stuff, right? Yes, that's all the VR stuff. Okay, so I 
I spent a good bit of time thinking about this, and I spent long enough with this in my brain that I now have to voice it on this podcast. There's a thread on, uh, what is it, Reset Era? That's the name of the current one. Mm -hmm. I already forgot the, oh, NeoGAF. That was the name of the older one. Anyway, there's a thread on Reset Era. Is like, is PSVR 2 dead on arrival? And I'm like, I don't know. It hasn't arrived, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, dipshit. (laughs) I mean, is this latest season the worst season? It hasn't started airing. (laughs) Sony's like, we're going to ship two million of those in the first year, which seems like a fucking obscene amount of them. So, no, I don't think it's going to be dead on arrival. I just that that thread blew my mind. It could end up being it. But I want to know right now. Dipshit brain rot of like, I can't observe reality as it happens. So I have to decide which of the only two narratives I've been taught uh, this is going to be, and if I call the right one early, then I look smart. So is that's this... a lot easier than going through the trouble of actually learning to understand anything. So is this whipping ass or a cuck? <laughs> it's a VR headset, sir. <laughs> <laughs> sir, this is a headset. <laughs> this dude's at the Best Buy ruining some guy's day. <laughs> Is, is this is this piece of consumer electronics red pilled or cucked, <laughs> sir? It's, sir, it's a, it's a it's a VR headset. You play games on it. Okay, I'll take it. And then they take it home and it's like it was cucked. <laughs> this is a great web comic we're writing. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, Tim Buckley's gonna put this up in about three days. <laughs> Keep an eye out. <laughs> Okay, now then, you know how we did. I'm just, I'm just prepping the next news bullet for you, Bob. <laughs> okay, you know how we did a recap of all the news from this last year, mm-hmm. and we talked about how they, the Sony threatened us with a number of TV shows, and then I taught, I listed a few. Yeah, people in chat, and I ignored them. People in chat multiple times were like, Gran Turismo. And my brain went, no, it's not a TV show, so it's not nearly as threatening. <laughs> like, it doesn't register as the same threat level uh-huh. because it's not a TV show. Yeah, when something's going to be, like, seven hours, it's a lot more threatening. Yes. Uh, Gran Turismo movie. Okay. <laughs> I have to know that it's something theaters w- will air. <laughs> That means a few tangible things. Like, it's not seven hours long. Uh, Grinch, er, Twisted Metal series? All bets are off. (laughs) It's on Peacock? Even more bets are off. Oh, there's no money? No money. Oh, God. Yeah, that's genuinely the most terrifying thing they've announced, and the principal photography on that's done. So at any moment. Yeah, we could just have to deal with it but bob i hear we have gran turismo movie news yeah the movie comes out on august 11th only in theaters that uh the only movie this year that will have less viewers than that fucking craven the hunter movie (laughs) i i encourage everyone to go see sony put out like a first look at the gran turismo movie It, it is several of the actors saying nothing for like three minutes this movie was made for cinema it's got scenes in it there are races happen what is with sony what is with sony pictures they're insane 
Yeah. Morbius proved it. Mm -hmm. We don't have to. We don't have to explain it anymore. I felt like there was a time when you needed to explain. No, no, no. They, they made like the emoji movie. These people are insane. Right. <laughs> like there was I a thought, point where you had to explain it. I thought this brain disease peaked with Battleship, but I guess we're still here. <laughs> that Gran Turismo movie, if it is still what they said it was, I think it's supposed to be based on. Yeah, it's based on the real life events of of someone who got into professional racing because of the game Gran Turismo. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember that story. Uh, okay. I don't. It's gonna. It's it's basically gonna come off as that version of the Weird Al parody of real <laughs> biopics. It, it, they said there's a love story, and all I can think is it's this is going to be like Cool Runnings level of not right. <laughs> God, I wish it was like Cool Runnings. <laughs> That's when Jamaican PlayStation gamers fell in love with Gran Turismo. Anyway, uh, there's one more thing here. Yep. Uh, PS5 consoles apparently have reached 30 million sold, and Jim Ryan says that the shortage is over. Cool. We sold it. It's over. We, it's over. And, and luckily, luckily, for the Gran Turismo movie's sake, you know, Metal Hellsinger gave us the cure to COVID. I don't I so think we, it did that. <laughs> Trey Baker said it would, and I trust him. I trust that that game indo indoctrinated me. That's the word I'm looking for. Vaccinating. Vaccines are indoctrinating me. Uh, Dan's no longer on Big Thing Dimension. Uh, but yeah, 30 million PS5s, that's a pretty big install base. Yes. That's way bigger than the Wii U's. But yeah, no one has it. It's, times. All, it's all scalpers. <laughs> all of them. Never all mind them. the fact that the scalping price of the PS5 has been falling steadily this entire year. And in about three months, I imagine all those scalpers are going to take their own lives. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thousand Happy PS5s. Easter. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I figured that'll be about how that goes. They won't be rising again. <laughs> um, there's, there's one other piece of news from this Sony thing. Ooh. Oh, yeah. They announced an electric car with Honda. <laughs> uh, it's called the Afila. Yes, really. That is its name. <laughs> and why, 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 Chris, are you bringing this up on, on this gaming podcast? Because it looks like a car from Detroit become human. It, it does, chat. That's the worst part. God, I need Dan to put that on the overlay so people can see the car that you will be driving in uh, Detroit uh, too fast, too human. Here, I got, I got an even cleaner looking pick of it. I, I, you need to. You could, you I, can. I put, I put, I put the one in in the channel, and that one's important too because it include includes like the Jordy LaForge visor that is the. Oh, that's headlights. true. Oh yeah, that is important. One sec, let me get that. The in tires there too. are already weird enough. <laughs> oh yeah, it's funny as shit. It uh, looks like a game render. Like, I mean, it does. It yeah, does. like it looks like it, 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 it's. This is like the PS4 version of the N64 Cybertruck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, t t on the plus side, I guess, uh, mm -hmm. I have never looked at a Honda before and thought, God damn, that looks expensive. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I've, I've seen Hondas I like the look of, but they don't look bougie like this does. 
they they announced this for pre-order in 2025 and it's supposed to start actually coming out in 2026 and part of my brain went there's no world in which i pre-order this car just because it has enough tesla vibes because it's an ev of course Mm -hmm. yeah it has enough tesla vibes that i'm already just turned off yeah Uh, well Honda's a real manufacturer yeah Honda are real manufacturers and not a weird pyramid scheme that that's based (laughs) on the twitter account of the owner right yes but also this doesn't have fucking doors how do you open the door do you need no handles he's right there's no maybe it's at the top no i don't see it up there either Maybe it's like the, so you crawl it's under probably the app based. You probably have to have your fucking phone. Oh, you, oh you partied too long and now your phone's dead. You can't get in your fucking car. Die in the cold. <laughs> Here's how you get in the car. You drive over yourself in the car, right? You just you activate <laughs> the app because the entry hatch is through the bottom. So you have your car drive over you slowly. Why are the side mirrors like that? Is that just folded down for the sake of this? Or is... yeah, I assume it. I assume, I assume it comes that. back up. Let me let me. <laughs> Yeah, it flips out. Okay. If you look right. at this, it's like a Nokia flip phone. <laughs> yeah, still still no still no handles on this one. Now what the I have f- to assume that it's you do it with an app or with a key fob, and maybe, maybe there is a real handle in that groove at the bottom in case something bad happens. Maybe. Maybe it's like um some old plastic like CD drawers in the nineties where you push it in and it clicks and then it opens. That would be really disastrous as a design for a car. It would. Is it just it knocks I'm you sorry. over? Are, are we not looking at Sony's Honda's electric nightmare? <laughs> please, please name it that instead of a feelus. Name it Sony Honda's electric nightmare. <laughs> I would love to own a car called that. Yeah, Bob, I'm going to have to take really good care of the uh, Elantra I just bought so that way I can trade it in towards this. Obviously. Obviously. I honestly like the, the look of their, their hybrid that's already out more. <laughs> but it doesn't have Sony involved, so obviously I won't buy it. <laughs> you know what's fucked up? You know what's fucked up? If I, if I traded in my car mm-hmm. to get this Sony car... <laughs> A million people, millions of people would just, if they, if they heard that, they would just be like, this guy's real Sony pony. And yet, no one has pointed out the fact that one guy from IGN who runs the Xbox shit owns a Tesla and he's brain dead. How come they would put that <laughs> together for me, but not for him? <laughs> he also runs a Tesla podcast. That's the point. You figured that uh, out. Anyways. Maybe because they could then follow up with asking how, how many horsepower does the Avila have? Uh, zero. It's powered entirely by ponies. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty good. Is that a pickup line? Is that your pickup line? <laughs> I, I'm terrified that you heard that sentence and identified it as a come on. I, I don't know what part of you as a person is so fundamentally broken <laughs> that, that you misinterpreted this social interaction to that degree. <laughs> This feels like neon white dialogue, frankly. <laughs> it does. Talk more about the Matrix. It's okay. We don't have to talk about the Matrix. We can just talk about stuff. Girls that have broken our hearts. The Sony Honda feel. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, breathing. Okay, I'm breathing. We're good. Uh, this car is absurd. We have all these hideous cars with bizarre doors designs. Why don't we have the freaking uh, like Back to the Future car doors yet? Those are so good. I'm trying to remember. They just fold up. 
I mean, Tesla yeah, makes one of those. Gold doors. They're terrible. Do they? Yeah, Tesla makes a model that does the Falcon door thing. Does it? Uh-huh. I've not seen that. I mean, they, they made. <laughs> Maybe there is a design flaw. <laughs> Why would that take it off the market? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Like this. Bob, that was a real car, says Chad. Yes, I know it's a real car. They, I mean, to be like fair, Bob, I was thrown off the trail immediately because I'm trying to think of anything that isn't the DeLorean because that's a real car. I couldn't remember the name of the DeLorean. I wanted to call it the DMC because that's what's on the front of it, but I yeah, can't remember. The DeLorean Motor Company. That's it. Okay. Yeah. It is so great that a whacked out car design fueled in. <laughs> and funded entirely by cocaine, was able to change its narrative with a single movie. I know. Yes. That's fucking incredible. <laughs> and yet somehow the wizard didn't do anything for Nintendo. <laughs> Maybe if the majority of the plot of the wizard was about something cool instead of wanting to play Mario 3. <laughs> anyway, hey, Bob. Hey, what's up? Let's get through the rest of your news before we double back to Chris for the rest of his. Sure. Uh, Fate Samurai Remnant was announced. This These is, are three words you've said. Yes, this is in the Fate Stay, uh, stay, stay Night style universe. Okay. Um, it is a holy gra grail war set in feudal Japan. Um, we didn't really get much other than it's made by uh, Tecmo Ko or Koei Tecmo what? with Omega Force what? designing it. That's fucking weird. Yeah, I'm excited because before they'd done their Musou ripoff games and they were trash because they were made yeah. by a different company. Yeah. But now there's like, let's go to the guys. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, Saber might be in it. I don't know. <laughs> they did not show much. It was kind of just a teaser trailer. Speaking of Saber, oh. any of those 30 PSVR 2 games have Saber and tacos and feeding Saber I tacos? I did not see a list. Okay. Well, I'll look for a list. What were you going to say, Chris? I wonder what this kind of, this, like, is this, I think this probably will be something closer to, like, Persona 5 Strikers than, like, a normal Musou game, because they didn't put Musou in the title. Right, they call it an action RPG. And that's kind of what Persona 5 Strikers was, I guess? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it still feels Musou-esque, but, you know, they have different level structures, but still... The same sort of and there's feel. a lot of stuff between the levels in Persona 5 Strikers to my recollection. Right back. I didn't play a ton of that game. Mm -hmm. There but are. It seemed like it seemed like it was structured like a Persona game. Yeah, and they might do something like this with the with like that with this because you know the, like a lot of Face Day Night stuff is just full on visual novel. So I could see them integrating that. Um, I mean, apparently those Fate Excel games have like 40 hours of visual novel in each of them. They sure do. I hope they dub this. You have infinite money, Pipe Moon. <laughs> oh, Chris no, brings up an interesting going point. To do Bob. That. <laughs> Fair. I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if somebody at Type Moon is like, no, that's like against the brand. <sighs> it's messed up because Anaplex dubs every single piece of the anime. Like, even as uh, they did a, some weird promotional events for grand order like they did a bizarre goofy like comedy anime that was two episodes and they dubbed that and put it on crunchyroll i was like but the games get nothing weird well koei tecmo doesn't like dubbing things in general like we haven't had a dubbed atelier game in like five or six years right they just decided to stop yeah they're like it and saves us money and i'm like okay but it also limits the audience of your game and then they disappear like mist <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. No. I guess I'll move on. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Um, th their Twitter account put out an old trailer with the 2023 date on it and said, yeah, later this month, we're going to tell you more. So be excited. That game is allegedly this year. Okay, come back when you're telling us more. <laughs> uh, Castle of Shigigami 2 is coming to Switch. Uh, comes out April 13th in Japan. So we'll see when that happens here. That's that guy was in the thumbnail for this big thing. I don't. I don't know why he makes the trolls. <laughs> Tails got trolls face. Um, Hitman Two rebranded, or sorry, Hitman Three is rebranding to Hitman World of Assassins. This happens at the end of the month, so January twenty sixth, and their whole idea here is to kind of make it an easier entry point for new players because apparently they could, DLC and other ways to buy this gun got out of hand, kind of like they did with Destiny. And, you know, instead of, like, Destiny deleting half of the game and just being like, what? Who wants it? They're, they're actually repackaging things and making a logical sales structure for it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so now you can buy... There's just two SKUs, two products. The $70 Hitman World of Assassin, Assassination, which comes with Hitman 3. Hitman 1 Game of the Year. Uh, access Pass. So all the hell levels from Hitman 1. Hitman 2 Standard Pass, which is all the le standard levels from Hitman 2. And then you can upgrade this with Hitman World of Assassination Deluxe Pack, which is $30. And gets you the Hitman 3 Deluxe Pack, the Hitman 3 Deadly 7 Deadly Sins Pack, and the Hitman 2 Expansion Pack. So it's just two things. Easy for new players to understand, and apparently for old players, this won't even be surfaced to to them they can just buy each individual pack for 10 bucks but this sounds well thought out and reasonable i yeah. don't understand right i don't every time i think of destiny i get upset <laughs> and i see hitman uh, they they definitely <laughs> needed this because that shit was confusing when hitman 3 first came out yes yeah they talked like this whole news post is about how weird and confusing it was for players and they want to fix it <laughs> like i would buy i bought it and then i couldn't figure out how to get it inside the game because there was a store inside the game but it also some things took you to the playstation store what which is kind of how most of those game like stores that are inside the games tend to go like they're, they're really confusing on a macro level mm -hmm. but hey that's cool we get to move on and I'm really excited for the... We haven't heard about their Bond game in so long. I hope it's going well. Has it been so long? I feel like it's been... They announced it and then nothing came out and that was like six months ago. Man. Well, that, 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 that's pretty what normal. What sort of trailer did they have? Did they have a trailer? I don't think they have I a trailer. Think yeah, so. I, don't, I think anything. this was like uh, one of those yeah. press release style things like the Marvel game I was initially was. too. The way, the way we found out is it, like it was one of those we started development, so come back in 2026. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it really was one of those ones kind of yeah, like the Marvel it, thing where it, it was way too early. Yeah, we got it, too it many feels, of those. It feels like the industry standard now kind of is we are now making game. Then we get nothing for three years. Then we get a trailer. It's like the game will be out in six to eight months. Which right. is great. That's the zone I want to be in. I don't want to be in the zone where it's like you're going to have to deal with four years of marketing. Yes. Yeah, I don't want that. You guys realize yeah, the weirdest thing. that are crazy. Yes, they are. Um, 
I think the weirdest thing that would happen to us if we went back in time to like 2005, the thing that we would feel was the weirdest part, other than uh, having an economy, even vaguely, <laughs> um, uh, is the part where we would have to re-experience the two and a half year marketing cycle, where mm -hmm. it's like every event for two and a half years has a trailer for Metal Gear Solid 4, or Fallen Fantasy 13, or all these other things that are just spending forever well, development because seven well, gen well, sucks. Well, well, we got that with Deathloop. <laughs> we just got that. That was like the baby mode, though. I feel like seven gen was even worse than Deathloop. Deathloop was I, just more noticeable because every trailer's like, oh, sit down. This concept's a real head scratcher, okay? Okay, you, you sitting? I, so it's a loop of death. <laughs> I feel like maybe the most egregious one was was No Man's Sky because that was at every single event for like three years. Yeah, I think that was one of the last ones in eighth gen that did that to us. <laughs> and, and, and then like four months before it came out, like some journalist, I think, or big YouTuber, I forget which was like, uh, so none of these trailers have shown us what the game is. And then there was a mini press cycle yelling at them for asking that. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then the game came out and then the No Man's Sky controversy happened. Rut yep. row. And they had to basically remake that game to justify the 10 million copies they sold. <laughs> it's weird how like everybody's like, it's weird how No Man's Sky was the first version of Cyberpunk, but nobody ever brings it up in the same breath. Or it's like, no, they fucking remade No Man's Sky. They made that game after they shipped it. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah to be even a more severe extent than cyberpunk i bet oh yeah 100 percent. like they Cyber are still releasing shit for no man's sky yeah no that's a completely different game and will support psvr2 at launch baby <laughs> nice uh i i have a little bit of news but i'll get to it after we get through bobs all right yeah i got one more thing here uh Various game companies put out New Year's messages with game teases. Ah, uh, you're telling me I missed the Castle of Shikigami 2 news? I'm sorry, Dan. You missed it. Ah, damn. And, and an opportunity to dunk on Destiny. Okay, anyways, Bob, go ahead. <laughs> so Spike's Foonsoft put out a, we're preparing to announce a large-scale title. Thank you, Spike I hope Chunsoft. it's a Danganronpa game. I hope it's an acquire game. <laughs> this game is so Dengen huge, and it's an open world. One. But yeah, there, there are probably a lot of signs pointing to Dengen Rafa. That's what the article was about. Oh, Naruto. Uh, Atlas is planning several unannounced titles. Whoa, uh, really? I assume one of them will be Persona Six because we're already more than six years out from that game's release. I think that game came be. out in Japan in late 2016. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus, that's been a while. Um, yeah, there's also, you know, Vanillaware's likely. Yeah, I would love to see the new Vanillaware thing. There's also that fantasy project that Atlas announced forever ago when they announced, basically when they announced Persona yes, 5. Yes, Project Re-Fantasy, and they said that was entering the climax of development like two years ago. But then COVID <laughs> hit, so I'm willing to give them a pass. It's entering right. the climax of development. I, the creative director. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Calm down, it's fine. Just cancel the game normally. <laughs> no. Um... Square Enix had uh, Yoshinori Katase come out and tease a big announcement of something unrelated to Final Fantasy VII. Finally, Final that, Fantasy XIII 2. Finally. That Final Fantasy IX remake has still not shown up yet. Mm. And I had a... I want to say my gamer premonition of what that game is. <gasps> Ooh. 
it is going to be a remake of Final Fantasy IX. Fucking shocker, right? Um, <laughs> but it will still use fixed camera angles, and they're going to just steal the Fantasia thing. That's how they remake Final Fantasy IX. I mean, they could even just get him involved and actually have him make, remake Final Fantasy IX like Sakaguchi. Like, I don't think they're going to do a, the full-scale AAA thing, but if you remake it like Trials of Mana, it would look like shit compared to the original one because it's so immaculate for a PS1 game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, okay, we have really high-fidelity models and the backgrounds are now these really cool dioramas of the same areas. That would be so good. Yep. Yeah. That'd be great. I, I saw the, the this headline uh, scrolling through news, and I, I literally my brain flashed into the shack. I, I sleep because it's like, oh, oh, a new thing about Final Fantasy, uh, unrelated to Final Fantasy VII. Real shit. <laughs> There's also, and this is too this this I am about to propose a world too beautiful for us to actually inhabit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They did that tactics ogre thing. Final Fantasy Tactics is on that NVIDIA leak. What if they're just like, we're, Matsuno's back and he's making Final Fantasy Tactics 2 a real one? That would be fucking killer, my man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they just had a real sequel, that would be so much better That'd than be just a remake. King Welcome shit. to Final Fantasy 9 Tactics. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's mad except me. Every, every, every unit makes the same... Sound they di- did when they died in tactics, except for Steiner. <laughs> this is like pitch shifted down two or five octaves. Jesus. I love that sound. We need to put that sound on our soundboard, Bob. That yes. And, that and as Chris pointed out very rightfully about a month or two ago, a shitload of the T- Dragon Ball GT character selects voice clips. <laughs> <laughs> In the last one of these teases was Konami saying, we are planning power-ups in new developments for familiar series with the <laughs> aims of leaping for- even farther. So they're working on something. So, something unannounced. I've, if they announce a new Castlevania game, uh huh, that'll mean they've released collections for basically every game in the series. Mm-hmm. They're doing the show with Netflix. Mm-hmm. They have the partnership with uh, Dead Cells, which is a stunningly astute collaboration partner, in my opinion. Yes, that's kind of crazy. So in the span of like two years, Castlevania will have gone from dead to one of the best managed IPs in gaming. You're not wrong. Mostly because the Netflix show went pretty well. <laughs> Dead Cells and is a really good thing. And they let them do pick. more of it. They, they went like, okay, you can keep doing beyond what the original deal that we made when we were sane. Because they made that deal in like 2008 mm-hmm. and it just took forever to happen. Yeah, I would actually really love for Castlevania to be alive again. Shocker. <laughs> uh, there is something fantastic about Castlevania and I would like new attempts at it that are earnest. So I'm all for whatever people are going to do as long as it's not cheap cash in shit. Yeah. Put those fucking DS games in a collection. Obviously. That they deserve to escape the DS. No one, no one actually wants to like. People want to be able to play their Castlevanias on a console. This is not a radical dick. And that's all my news. You know, we brought up Fantasian. 
Kristen as a reference for how nine could look. Yeah. Um, I should point out the New Year's resolution <laughs> of we are going to stream a playthrough of Fantasia this year. Woo! This will be the year. It will happen. People won't have to get Apple Arcade to see the story and visuals of Fantasia for themselves. Because we have an Apple TV that we can play it on like it's some weird console that plays three games. <laughs> uh, I'll get my news real quick, then we'll go to Agron, we'll finish with Chris. <clears throat> my news is pointing out that news isn't really news yet. Um, Wololo.net, a resourceful uh, hacker website for how to unlock and jailbreak and all sorts of things with your various consoles caught a YouTuber, a uh, relatively niche one, pot calling the kettle black, I know, um, <laughs> doing a live stream where they were repairing a PS5, and they said that they thought the PS5's liquid metal solution was not being properly distributed or was being messed up by keeping the PS5 in a vertical orientation. Th this is allegedly from hardware experts. So I've seen the internet go crazy with this based on this one YouTube person saying it in, 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 a, in a live stream. It's not like it's a video analyzing this. This isn't a structured thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a 28-minute snippet of a, of a PS5 uh, repair attempt video where they point this out. I don't think two months two years and one month into the ps5 being out that's going to be the way we find out a major hardware fault i think the writing would have been on the wall by now but i'm just saying for now i'm really skeptical on this just on the basis of this is not enough information about this 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 strikes me too much like the time the popular sort of tech unboxing youtuber went Oh my God, the PS5 has one less blank. This new model has a heating problem. And then everyone who had an actual clue went, no, <laughs> we stuck thermal pads on it. It's fine, bro. Calm down. It's, this isn't a very scientific introspection yet. It's not an investigation yet. And uh, I always hate when these things blow up when it's like one guy said a thing and then a website that's really small covered that thing. So what I'm saying is we need Gamers Nexus to do an investigation into this because they're <laughs> literally the only fucking people I trust on this sort of issue because they do really good research. Anyway, uh, just figured I'd mention that because while it's entirely possible and I don't think it's impossible for a soda console to have a hardware fault, <laughs> right? I would yeah, literally have to be deaf, dumb, and blind. Die, and I had a <laughs> PS4 die. In fact, yes. I don't think I've had a console make it through the entire gen since um, the PS2. My PS4 made it the whole gen, which might be a condemnation of 8th gen for the first half more than anything. Yeah, I was like, I had my PS2 die like two times and my PS3 die. I think only once. Look at all these based people in chat saying, "Thanks, and, Steve." <laughs> and I had, uh, and I had my 360 die so many times that I that I am now of the opinion that no, no, like 30 million is just the install base for all Microsoft consoles. The 360 tricked us. 
because it failed so many times for so many people. I sincerely <laughs> hope you're wrong, but I have absolutely no reason to believe that. Having worked at GameStop during those times, yeah. I absolutely believe that. I remember they kept going like, I oh, bought... we've shipped this many units. I bought mm -hmm. four before the revision. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, on the PS2. And then I was like, I'm fucking done. I'm going to the PS2. Well, I, 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 I actually went, I'm fucking done. I'm building a PC. And then I'm like, anything else I can play on the PS3 because it won't fucking die. And right. Then, and, then, and, then it, and then it died. But at least it didn't die until after the PS4 was out. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I had two PS2s, but I actually upgraded, upgraded to the Slim before my fat died because mm. I was just like, it's going to happen. <laughs> That's fair. Those things always sound like they're dying. Yeah, luckily the one we got here sounds perfectly fine. The one we, the fat PS2 we use nowadays for streams and stuff sounds really great, actually. Right. Which is crazy. I can't even remember how we got that thing. <laughs> huh? Do you I remember when I we bought a fat either. PS2? Maybe it was. Did, did we, we get it from a modding shop? Well, we might have bought it from a the store near here. Weirdly enough, I don't think we did for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, um. I'm trying to think what are all the fail the, like dead consoles I've had and it's like a PS3 that's it but you know yeah I'm with you on that one just the I had a PS3 die and I had to tear it apart to get a Gundam wing disc back <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah they um there's a there's a certain thing to be said where I understand people who are upset during the 8th gen of consoles, like they weren't ambitious enough with them, and that much is clear. Like they wanted to save money. The design of those consoles are to save money. But at the same time, it's like, thank God at least 8th gen wasn't as bad as 7th, where the consoles are just dying left and right. Yeah, they didn't that, have that problem. That sucks so much shit. What a fucking nightmare. And it's like, when you, when you, yet again, when you look at the consoles before that and after that, it's only 7th gen. That was really terrible about that. Sony and Xbox have terrible durability and stuff. And then the Wii's over there and it's like, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I'm just two GameCube, so of course I'm a brick. Is it, is it, is it two or three? I my Wii in. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Because, because the, fans, the fans died. That, I actually had to send sucks. my Switch in for that same reason. Oh, yeah. And it's been working fine since. Mm -hmm. Um... Speaking of that, in Xenoblade, does the, does the audio ever glitch out on you and, like, stutter? All the time. You know why? What's that? It literally hitches that hard. Okay. okay. It's the whole game drops enough frames where I, it actually goes, I'm sorry, we can no longer render audio in real time. <laughs> That's what I thought was happening, but I was really worried that it was my Switch dying again. Oh, th this reminds me. I, I invented mm. this great thing playing, playing Xenoblade 3. <laughs> I call it neurological super sampling. Uh-huh. Uh, where I look at the game and I focus real hard until I can delude myself into thinking it's 60 frames a second. I think it works better than DLSS3. <laughs> I would agree. Uh, I, I know a couple of malt liquors that are <laughs> more legit than DLSS3. It, 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 its power is limited. I can't do that to Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. That, that's a bridge too far. Hell yeah, it is. It might even be two bridges too far. <laughs> Uh, you know, that actually brings up, um, I wasn't going to bring up the 4070 Ti at all, the, okay. the new GPU from NVIDIA that was the rebranded 4080 12 gig, because if you recall, they tried to launch two GPUs called 4080, 
in the name called one the 12 gig to give you the idea that that's the only difference no it's a completely different fucking card and everyone got pissed at them so they rebranded it as 4070 ti chopped 100 off but now there's no founders editions so all the partners add 50 dollars back on so only 50 dollars ever actually came off and this thing uh it, it kind of sucks. It's really expensive. <laughs> and they said, hey, it's three times as fast at Cyberpunk Ray Trace mode than the 3090 Ti. It's like, um, that can't possibly be true. And it turns out, yeah, they're using DLSS 3 <sighs> or something. And that's, it's like, that's the most insulting shit in the world. Uh, this is a GPU thing that happened over the break. Oh. Um, GPU sales have hit a 20-year low because ain't nobody paying these uh, crypto mining ass prices that NVIDIA wants to keep, even though crypto is largely dead at this uh -huh. point. Yeah. So yep. They're just going to eat shit until they kneel and be like, we'll go back to normal prices. You win. But yeah, you everyone. Know, the price went up. So that's what the market is. It's yeah. the market. You have to pay it. <laughs> but the market, you said you would bear. You said you would bear, market. Uh, yeah. And that's a good thing. That's, the, that's what needs to happen. Like, the only reason I got this GPU is because we're doing these three cam videos and it's insanely hard and I've waited a very long time to upgrade. Mm -hmm. That is the only context it, went, it makes any fucking sense. Yeah. I couldn't fucking imagine, even remotely, like, they could chop hundreds off of these new cards. And if I were a normal fucking gamer... I would just be like, no, go fuck yourself. Are you serious? Yeah. It's like, and you're paying all the extra for ray tracing, basically. That's okay. AMD also makes an option that's overpriced. <laughs> anyway, I love anyway, it. I, I'm I'm pretty disappointed that they did the thing I expected them to do by including DLSS 3.0 and a fucking benchmark without Disgusting. saying it. Without Disgusting. saying it. There's How? no claimers or any disclaimers or anything at the bottom of this uh, the the this slide in this promotional thing in this marketing thing that should be illegal. That would be like if Xbox said, hey, these games that are on PlayStation run twice as well on our system when you turn your TV to soap opera mode. <laughs> like, I mean, you can do that with anything now, can't you? <laughs> Fuck. Which, for people who don't know, DLSS 3 is literally a GPU-level soap opera mode. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Agro. What you at growing? What's at growing on? Please, please, please don't try to do that again. Uh, so <laughs> Bloomberg has reported uh, that Hasbro's Wizards of the Coast, and that's really what I'm going to start calling them because more and more it's Hasbro's really digging in there, and you can feel the toy company rather than the game company. Uh, they have. Sold five video game projects that were in different stages of early development. That's a lot. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Including one made by Other Side Entertainment, those guys who kickstarted Underworld Ascendant. So, shit. I really wanted to play that. Apparently, a big part of this, this is one of those, this is what happens when a non gaming company is involved, like now has to make decisions for a gaming company. This is because that fucking Dark Alliance thing bombed, that, that turd. I, I figured it was that in that Magic the Gathering um, game they had to launch and then unlaunch and delete. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot that, that existed entirely. So <laughs> yeah, I think that made it onto Game of the Year, didn't I, it? I, maybe. I'm honestly worried it's less about 
like, oh, these games did poorly. We need to shut these down and like regroup and reprioritize. It's I think it's more sinister. Um, there's been shit going on at Wizards, especially over on the D and D side, where they're they're killing the open game license and they're trying I was to bring about, back. I was like, going to bring that up. They did that today. Yeah, they're trying to bring back like the game system license from Fourth Edition. It's it, it it's a real shit show over there because they have decided that Dungeons and Dragons is under monetized. Mm-hmm. Oh, so because, like I'm, I'm, because there's oof. all this internet content that makes shitloads of money and gets and gets Netflix shows and shit, but mm. they don't see enough money from that. Yeah. In fact, I'm not even sure if they get any. Uh, I'm, I'm going to read this quote here. Wizards of the Coast is still committed to using digital games, a spokesman said in a statement to Bloomberg, adding that the company has quote made some changes to our long-term portfolio to focus on games which are strategically aligned with developing our existing brands and those which show promise in expanding or engaging our audience in new ways. I think they canceled a bunch of probably interesting projects to do some full-on gross-ass live service shit. I mean, there was yeah. also that yeah. one D&D thing they're supposedly working on where it's like, we're going to kill all third party like map systems and online systems and character oh, yeah. creators. Yeah. Part to of creating the game license was, yeah, their VTT to, is going to be the only thing you can use. To create a nightmare thing that you have to pay a monthly subscription for. And I'm like, I've seen enough. The dungeon, if magic might survive, but the Dungeons and Dragons chunk of Wizards of the Coast is fucking, it, it's terminal. Yeah. The last time they tried this shit, they accidentally caused Pathfinder to be a thing, and they ate their fucking lunch for a decade. Uh, this is this is not a good direction to go in. Yeah, I was like, aren't there other fully established Dungeons and Dragons style games you can go buy sets for? This is the greatest age of tabletop role playing to exist. Okay, they are not the only game in town anymore. They like there are companies localizing Japanese role play tabletop games like um. What is it called? Golden Sky Stories. There's like shit like that. And it's oh, just like, my favorite PS1 JRPG. <laughs> just like, what are you doing, Hasbro, whose stock has been sliding for over a year? Oh, wait, maybe that's why you're doing this. That was some. Okay. So, yeah, this is uh, potentially indicative of Hasbro trying to kill the goose that lays that fucking gold. So. They're going to get in there, though, Agro. They're going to find the gold. It's, it's going to happen. It never works for anyone. It didn't work for fucking Games Workshop, but, man, it's going to work for us. You just uh, don't know can... until you hit the wall at 500 miles an hour. <laughs> and Battletech's not more popular than it's been in decades for any reason at all. <laughs> God, like, do they even have anything that can even hope to swing it? warhammer 40k in terms of like multimedia projects because i don't think they do god they're also shipping that horrible fucking movie dungeons and dragons movie this year i'm sure that's gonna be fucking awful i'm excited i want to see an owl bear on the big screen <laughs> <laughs> i want to see an owl bear on the big screen i'll play Baldur's gate 3 in my living room <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for aggro's news so let's head over to chris hey chris what what you got uh crit crit no, no, there's nothing there. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna stop. This isn't this isn't super new news, but it is something I want to bring about. Break talk about. Um, Ubisoft's doomed. 
Uh, That's not new. Saying, I know, I know. Here's why I'm saying that. Mm -hmm. um, in December, not, this just passed us by entirely. I guess it was so irrelevant that none of us even noticed. Uh, Polygon had its 10th anniversary, and they did this series of articles where they got people from the industry to write what they think the next 10 years of games will hold. <laughs> and one of those people is Clint Hawking, who is the creative director of Assassin's Creed Hex, one of the parts of that Super Ultra game. Uh-huh. They were also creative director of Watch Dogs 3 and Far Cry, uh, of Watch Dogs Legion and Far Cry 2. I honestly they had a moment of, what do you mean? Watch Dogs 3 didn't launch. <laughs> they are full on, what, they wrote this insane article. In 10 years, gamers will be able to generate entire games from prompts using UI. He is full AI, on Using in. AI. Oh yeah, using AI. He is full into this. He, like, the, the believers are in at the creative level at Ubisoft, not just the insane monetary level. They're doomed. See, this is the funniest mm. thing, Chris. When you when you brought up this quote, I'm like, what Jaffe said virtually the same thing. The difference is Jaffe isn't leading a studio of 800 people into their grave. No, he's not. He's a random dude on YouTube now. That's true. <laughs> Occupationally, that is his job now. Yeah. Just like us. <laughs> Soon what that guy's going to be doing. <laughs> and this has been the pitch of a this has been the pitch from AI guys for like 10 years. I remember in our articles from like four or five years ago saying, you'll be able to generate an entire movie while you cook dinner. And I'm like, no, you won't. You will never be able to do that. <laughs> I, I mean, okay, to be fair, stretching as far as I can to these idiots, uh -huh. uh, if, if you lived in Ubisoft's ecosystem and thought the kind of games that Ubisoft is making are fine and this is what should be happening then yeah i could see how you could get so high on your own supply that you think yeah i can just tell a computer to make a video game that that's gonna work all video games are the same video game and we just <laughs> swap out some of the art and nouns right i'm trying go ahead Chris. <laughs> i would believe you if, if the example he hadn't given was uh -huh. You will be able to generate an open world fantasy RPG in a steampunk version of early N Napoleonic France with progression like Skyrim and bosses like Elden Ring. Why? I tried to sit here. Given definition of like. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I tried to sit here and imagine what is it? What is it like to be an employee at Ubisoft who thinks it's uh, uh, you know I an ideal utopia? And I was like, in their brains, they work in the Jetsons. They take their space car to work. I, I was everything's like, is he drinking clean. paint thinner? He gets on a treadmill. No, it's the haze piss. He's drinking the haze piss. He's actually in a dilapidated parking complex. No one even has chairs anymore. They haven't in years. But he drinks the piss every morning, and he, he thinks he's into the Jetsons' future zone. So, of course, he thinks the game's going to be AI-generated within 10 years years look this is, hasn't reigned in france in a decade <laughs> this is just his cope because he desperately does not want to have a job in 10 years <laughs> in 10 years i will invite the gamers into my home to kill me it's <laughs> a fucking weird thing to write okay okay all right <laughs> jesus christ
Yeah, um, every time people say that, because once again, Jaffe said that on a fucking YouTube stream like two years ago. Every time I hear people say that, I'm like, you work on games, so you obviously know what goes in them. So how in the world can you, somebody on that end of the sausage making, say this? I know, right? It's Me like want live in Star Trek. <laughs> Me want live in Star Trek. Yeah, every time, every time someone says something like that, I just get the urge nowadays, and I, you know, except, except Star Trek doesn't have that. They have to buy hollow novels to play in the hollow deck. <laughs> Jesus. Every time I hear somebody express this, oh though, I think the only way to properly deal with it nowadays, the only way to properly respond to it is, no, you'll be long dead before that's remotely possible. Because they need to conf they need to confront that. Yeah. Because that's actually what they're fighting when they say shit like that. <laughs> they're fighting that notion. They're like, no, that's happening before I'm dead. So you just have to go, no, you are definitely fucking dead before that happens. Because I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Dan. They'll make the formula for immortality, and then he still won't be able to well, play he's it. He's been drinking piss for years. It's <laughs> It's got to be doing something for him, right? <laughs> Man, yeah, that's that shit's crazy. I mean, here's the thing. You get a certain level of rich or famous mm -hmm. or powerful, and you just go a little goofy. Like Kojima's fucking talking about uploading his... his he's like, I'm going to replicate my brain with an AI. I'm like, Kojima, if you leave us with a rampant AI that thinks it's you, that'll be the cruelest thing you've ever done to gamers. <laughs> yes. If you sit there and you go... I've done it perfectly. I will die now. And we're just stuck with this rambling asshole who has no idea what the fuck your shit was about. This shit's making references to Smokey the Bandit. <laughs> <laughs> Acting like it's high-key art. <laughs> we're, all just, we're all just having to tolerate this prematurely geriatric Kojima AI. Metal Gear Solid 6 sure was troubled. <laughs> <laughs> the whole game company formed around the AI being its head. That's horrifying. That's real fucking sad. I don't think Frank Yanger would have said that word, but he did. He said it like 17 times in one cutscene. AI Kojima said it was brilliant, actually. Congratulations, Parappa. You can move on to the next news now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Microsoft recognizes rec has recognized the union of 300 game testers at Zenimax. I think it's really funny how even the article reporting this is like, uh, yeah, they really obviously only did this so the FTC will be nicer to them. Yep. <laughs> it doesn't even entertain some greater shift at Microsoft. It's just like, they did this because of this. It's this really wasn't even a gaming site. It was just AP News. It was just like, obviously, they did this because of this. Yeah, and that's the thing. See, I didn't think about it from that angle. I really just thought about it from the angle of, now that's brilliant. Now's the time to strike. Unionize as many of you fuckers as possible. Right <laughs> now. It's time. Yeah, hopefully this emboldens you, more. You wait one year, you're fucked. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, they, no matter they, why they, they get it, have, foot in they the door. They have two or three. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? Microsoft said it would take 16 months, so they're right on schedule. <laughs> Uh, and here's the last piece of news. 
This is a rumor, but the person it's like one of those rumors where it's like this person, these people always know this. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot is getting more DLC. But this DLC is based on the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai, which is the one at the end of original Dragon Ball where he fights Piccolo. Yeah, I thought it was going insane when you said that. I'm like, <laughs> now either I don't know my Dragon Ball at all. <laughs> that's the pre-Z one. What? That has the potential to be really cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Z is so well treaded now. Why not? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Like, I, I kind of wonder what form that's going to take because Goku couldn't fly then. So it can't kind of can't play like the rest of Kakarot. Well, I'm saying ignore that. He's, he's going to go back. Uh, yeah, that's true. He's got Kinto on. And he wouldn't use that during he's, a tournament. Yeah, he's not allowed to use that during a tournament. So I wonder if it'll have some weird, crazy combat system that's only in those fights. It's You're just okay. constantly Kamehameha at the ground. <laughs> You don't necessarily do a move to Kamehameha. You push the stick in a direction and then he Kamehameha's to go that way. And that's it. That's it for news. Uh, Bob and I may stream something tomorrow. I don't know. I'll find out tomorrow. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> Aside from that, we're still just, we're doing Game of the Year stuff on our side. Don't worry about it. It's not Glover! <laughs> but what if it's Double May Cry 2? <laughs> then I won't be there. And in fact, will be another solo Bob stream that I try to call Eric the Striker in on. <laughs> Eric, please. He won't stop streaming it. He beat it twice already. <laughs> um, didn't you say you were streaming Fantasia? Yeah, this year. <laughs> Tomorrow, then. <laughs> Yes, sweetie. It's my birthday tomorrow. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have anything else to announce. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be up to stream tomorrow. We'll figure it out. Uh, Chris, what do you got going on? Uh, I'm going to start streaming Banjo-Tooie at some point in the next week. We didn't quite hit that goal, but we got really close. And then somebody who would want me to stream that. Uh, gave me money over Christmas, so I'm going to count that as part of his going to stream goal. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Banjo-Kazooie was fine, and I'm not doing it all in one stream, so maybe I'll get the sipping effect instead of the you're chugging it wholesale effect. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, maybe if you sip Banjo-Tooie over the course of a month... It'll be really great. And and maybe I'll run a stream goal for me to play the first five hours of Borderlands 3 and compare it to High on <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. This is way better. Who saw that coming? None of us. I'm excited for me to go, Borderlands 3 is a really great game mechanically, but everyone involved in the writing should be jailed. <laughs> hey, Agro, what do you got going on in the next week? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm hoping to fit a couple more titles in before we get to the last part of game of the year. So, uh, panic, panic is what I've got. Cool, going great. On next week, that's exciting. Well, I'll leave you to your panic, and I'm gonna leave me to my. Oh, wait, also panic. See you all later. Thank you for listening to this episode of Big Things Imagine. Oh my God, why is that so quiet?
Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Big Think Dimension. Big Think Dimension and our insane Game of the Year ceremony is only possible because of your support over on patreon.com slash gbpodcast, where you can go to get commentary tracks for approximately 700 films and exclusive access to Isolation 119, the greatest film ever made.